afternoon. Welcome to Why Is This a Thing? We're back. The boys are back. Hello. The boys is back. And the boys are back. The, the boys, boys is the, back. The, uh, the TV show. I haven't watched Holy it yet. Holy shit. I've been, I've been meaning to get to it. Yeah. Oh, um, Adam. Adam, you were in for a treat. I'm still... I still Oh, God. Without, without giving too much away, you know how everybody wanted Ant-Man to crawl up Thanos' asshole and then just grow oh, big? Oh, no. Really? <laughs> wow. wow. Without giving too much away. Without, oh, that's a subtle indicator there, Nicholas. Wow. That's unbelievable. Oh, the boys. Because I know the boys is... It's, like it's, the, it's the fucking best. It might be the most provocative show I've, I've seen in a long time, which I didn't we were, expect. We, but We were talking the other day. I brought up this question to you guys of, like, you know, actors who always make good decisions. for yes. Like, if they're in something, it's going to be good. Not necessarily that they're the best actors, but they're like a bellwether for whether or not a movie will be good, right? Yes. And right. I mentioned Carl Urban, and Nico seemed flabbergasted. I was a little confused by that. I would not have thought of Carl Urban. Well... I I I but like think hasn't about he it done more. like a lot of like shit Redbox movies? I will say this: I was I I don't ad- think so. I adore Car- Carl Urban, and uh, his character in The Boys is probably the best thing he's ever done. Yeah, you know um, you are right though, where his performances are slightly better than what you expect of him. He has that like Bruce Campbell thing where it's like this guy should be way bigger than he actually is. Sure. And everybody just loves him. It's like once he's there, he's just this warm blanket feeling. Even when he's like pounding someone's skull in on a sink. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Do it more, please. Um, But yeah, he's done some shit, Nick. He was he he, he was in Doom. He He probably has a few Frank Grillo movies on his resume. Like, I'm sure there's a Bruce Willis collaboration in there. No, 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 no. Did did you not hear me? I said he did Doom with with The Rock. Okay, Uh, yeah. And that movie, Chronicles of Riddick. Sure, that's a train wreck. Bad ones. (laughs) But like, I don't know, man. When you actually look at some of his his. When you look at his IMDb, it's actually kind of surprising. You're like, oh, shit. He so, has done some great stuff. The Star Trek uh, movies? Yeah, he was in two of the good. Lord of the Rings movies. So Yeah. yeah. He's so, in Thor Ragnarok. That's right. Yeah, he is. He is in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. For like the two minutes, Thor. right? The best Thor movie. Yeah. The Marvel movies do a weird thing where sometimes they introduce like, you know, Michael Douglas. And he's in like two minutes of Ant-Man and then it's over. And it's like, (laughs) was that, were you queuing up for something there? And like Carl Urban's (laughs) another one. Like, why do you cast Carl Urban for that part? If you're not going to utilize Carl Urban. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. Like you go, like Donald Glover was in Spider-Man Homecoming. It's like, was that setting up for something was, cause it doesn't really feel like a cameo, but it's also not a performance. So... (laughs) Maybe he just really wanted his, to be in a Spider-Man his next movie. I don't know. childish Gambino music video. It's very weird. Yeah, it's very weird. <laughs> uh, listen, we're back. We've been taking some weeks off here and there, and we apologize. Uh, actually, Adam apologizes. It's mostly Adam's fault. What are you talking about? It's mostly your fault. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, we've had, we've had weddings and things and lots of stuff going on in our lives. But we're back here to stay weekly. We promise, right? Yes. No. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Uh, no. I won't be here next weekend. Just uh, a heads up. Oh, but I will be in Connecticut that week following, so. Don't worry. We'll figure okay. something out. We're going to figure something out. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we promised to bring the heat today, though. We mm. are bringing the fucking heat. So 
Pardon me for a second. I'm going to snort some cocaine just really quick. All right, let me sip my coffee. Um, I know this is so predictable, but that's okay. Woo! I'm a little offended. What? (laughs) Sorry, I can't hear you off the blaring sound of the Top Gun soundtrack. Dig that electric guitar! Gong! Fucking Maverick! Yeah! He's back! (laughs) Holy shit! I'm a little offended that you didn't let me use my Danger Zone bit. Ah, sweet! (laughs) Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I also had one... I also had one picked out. USA, USA, USA. I was, I came back from this. I'm like, this is the most patriotic shit I've seen in a long time. Whoa, baby. Yo, Top Gun, Tom Cruise, he's saving America. (laughs) Yep. He's saving movies, he's saving us. (laughs) I have submitted my paperwork, I have now joined the Church of Scientology. I am in. I salute you. Tom Cruise has been promised my firstborn. <laughs> Fucking Top I, Gun 2, guys. Yeah. It's yeah. it's it's unbelievable. First off, it's I think it's better than the original. Is it better than right? the original? Obviously. <laughs> it's not even I haven't, it's not even well, well, I haven't seen the original in many years. Oh my. Is it better like, than Godfather 1? I think is the better question. <laughs> Never mind Top okay. Gun 1. It's it's so fucking good. I saw it like a whole week ahead of you guys, and I yeah, told you, and I was like, I'm so behind. I was so because I, I was waiting for the right moment to go. I, I had promised a bunch of people uh, I was going to see it, and I almost cheated a couple times and saw it by myself. And I'm like, no, I need to see this with people in a theater, and we need to stand up and salute Tom Cruise <laughs> at the beginning of the movie when he says, "We made this movie for you." Yep. And w- at which point I melted into my yeah. chair, yep. like yeah. Santa Claus yep. was promising me a new race car. Like, Jesus, this guy, dude. Yes. They filmed this movie, like, over five years ago. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. I mean... They had it in the can. It's been waiting for us for a long time now. Also, I was talking to my friend. I'm like, I'm pretty sure all of those plane stunts were real. He's like, no way. And then I, like, looked it up. Yeah, they're all fucking real. Every plane stunt. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, they're real. They're real. <laughs> yes, sir. Yep. Tom Cruise is a madman. You you have you have to specify they're not flying the planes. They're putting them in the cockpit, but they're actually up there doing those crazy shit. They have they have actual pilots doing these crazy maneuvers. But no, the, the maneuvers, that- yes. But like yeah. all of the actors got pilots' licenses. Like they did fly yeah. planes. Let's be yeah. clear about they that. They weren't flying these planes, but N- yes. they weren't flying those planes that way. But sure. Yes. I don't even know if you understand. All of the actors had to turn on their own cameras in the cockpits. Yes. Yes, I know. That's how they had it set up. Yeah. I mean, Cruise was just forcing them to do those weird. They were like passing out in the middle of the air, like over the Pacific. Just Glenn Powell and Miles Teller. The eyes were going to the back of the head. And Cruz is like, another take. We don't have it yet. So, this is the thing I was astonished by. Enough, How do you? We don't have enough fuel for another take. We're gonna like, have to make it work. <laughs> we gotta get to that box before they do. 
how do you convince all of these actors, Miles Teller specifically, who's a big pain in the ass, to get up in a plane like that? Dude, it's crazy Miles Teller's in this movie. I know. It is crazy he didn't quit after a week and a half of filming with this lunatic. Yes. Tom Cruise is a fucking lunatic. It's like he couldn't stomach... Uh, he- you can stomach Tom Cruise, but you can't stomach what, what's what's his face? He did Josh Trank. Josh Trank. Yeah, like Josh Trank cool. is way more difficult than, than Tom Cruise. You know what? Though? I feel like Tom Cruise is charming, a lovely and, like guy. to work with. I don't I'm think sure. any does it, has anybody ever really said anything bad about him besides the whole you know yeah. bathing and baby blood and things. Yeah, yeah. no, well, he's, sure. Yeah, I mean ex wives. Oh, I mean, he's like, a come on. <laughs> what's another ex wife? Right? right. I mean, he, no, he's a loon. He's out of his mind. Sure. That's okay. But, you know, it's not, it's nice to see, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's been a while since I've been able to look at Cruz and not see him as a smug, pretentious asshole. Mm-hmm. But this is like, oh, he is making this purely for us. Right. Wow. Yeah. Wow. See, I don't this, think Cruz is pretentious. I think that maybe he's been in a few pretentious movies. I would agree. But when you see, when you see the level of... Um, of, of, I guess, control over the movie that he has today, the movies that he's putting out lately, <laughs> you're like, oh, no, this guy, he likes movies. He loves he cares. movies. He really cares. When he became like a full-fledged producer where it's like right. he, has more, he has more control maybe than even the director. Yes. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I, I, I've, I've not always bought into Tom Cruise, the action star, you know, like because I love Tom Cruise, the actor, and I really liked his – Late 90s, early 2000s period where he's working with Kubrick and he's working with Spielberg and he's working with Paul Thomas Anderson and he's doing like really out there interesting work. It, you know, like a movie like Magnolia. Weird. Is like he would never even attempt something like that today. And I think I've always been a little skeptical, not of the quality of the movies, because I really do like those Mission Impossible movies. But, you know, I think I, I've always thought at the back of my head, let Keanu do this. You know, it doesn't have to be Cruz doing this, like, you know, Keanu or Willis or Liam See, I don't Neeson think you can actually can... say that today. But not anymore. Right, anymore. Then, you, then you look at something like Top Gun and it's like, this is truly our last great American movie star. Like, well, there's really also no just, one else you... like this that can get a movie like this yeah. made with this kind of budget, with this level of sincerity, mm. um, without like this sort of grand plan about how we're going to link this movie into other pieces of intellectual property, like, you know, or even a movie where Tom Cruise and Jennifer Connelly can be the romantic center of the film. Like no one is making movies like this anymore. And he's really using his power for good in a weird way. I'm not sure he necessarily has to break his leg on the set of every movie that he makes, but no, I'm glad that he's fighting the good fight here. Someone's doing the the work. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had some trepidation, I guess about Tom Cruise in a lot of ways. Cause I mean, they, a lot of his movies, his recent films feel more like exhibitions than actual like stories that I want to f- situate myself in. Like, I, I, I don't mind Mission Impossible Fallout, but that's kind of what that feels like to me. And frankly, I don't remember much about that movie. Yeah, I admittedly don't remember the plot of any of those movies. It, yeah. Well, so here, but I almost would pose to you the same question of like any uh, Jason Bourne or James Bond movie. I honestly could not remember the plot of any of them it depends on the bond movie i don't remember the plot of the latest bond and that was less than a year ago (laughs) but that's fair but that's that's always that's always been a problem for me something about a guy with a a poison merchant that lived on an island by himself like it was something like that but but admittedly i take more out of those movies than even some some of the mission impossible movies and again like with fallout i remember the halo jump 
and I remember the helicopter, and that's kind of it. Yeah, you know, I, I gotta I, tell you, Adam, I'm rewatching those movies right now, though. Yeah. I just finished four. Oh, the other night. four rocks. Yeah, um, I watched one, two, three, and four, and dude, those movies fucking rule. And <laughs> I watched every single one of them. Every single one of them. When he, when the worst one, which is two, two is still bad. better than the average action movie coming out. Every the worst year. one is directed by John Woo. That's true. That's pretty good. You know, <laughs> it's it's like, and it's like, yeah, the story may not be much, but God, they're just if they didn't fucking kick ass so they're much. Very, they're very entertaining, but my favorite is actually, I think, still the first one. And that's great, though, but that's yeah. like an awesome sort of auteur. It, I mean, it's still populist, but yeah. I mean, it's De Palma doing De Palma things. Yeah, exactly. In, but in I, retrospect, I realize I love three a lot more than I love Growth Protocol. OK, that's what that's I found. Interesting. I, yeah, I remember not liking that one that much, but just because the, the JJ-ness of it. No, uh, the uh, third one. The th- third one. Yeah. I don't know, man. Day it's just such point. a small, isolated story. And you got Philip Seymour Hoffman in its fucking prime. Yeah, that's a it good. kicks he's, ass. He's great. In that. It he's kicks really ass. That, yeah. that airplane scene where he's hanging Philip Seymour Hoffman <laughs> out of the fucking airplane. <laughs> it's so good. So. Here is my takeaway coming out of this movie. First of all, I was levitating. I, I <laughs> yes. was just like floating out of the theater, having consumed two giant buckets of popcorn with so much mm-hmm. butter on it. Um, just like, this is my temple. This is where I belong. This building is a magical, sacred place. And heartbreak does feel good in a place like this. <laughs> um, but then I started thinking about it more and I started getting angry and I started getting angry, not at Tom Cruise and not at Top Gun Maverick, but at every other blockbuster we've gotten Uh. over the past five years in Hollywood, because I started thinking about the things that Top Gun Maverick gets right. And by that, I mean the central romance between Tom Cruise and Jennifer Connelly, who is not only smoking hot in her fifties, but is unbelievable in this movie. Um, I started thinking about the action sequences and the coherence of the stakes and the coherence of the plan. And, you know, the whole sequence where they're laying out the the two mountains that their target is situated in between and how they're going to have to go up the mountain at this angle and then take a nosedive in the opposite direction. And then if they hit the target after they activate the laser at the exact right moment, then the other miracle is getting up the other side of the cliff. And it's like. Compare that to the multiverse jumping that's happening in Doctor Strange, (laughs) where the stakes are there's a 15 year old girl that can like travel between dimensions and we don't know exactly why she can travel between dimensions. And there's two versions of Cumberbatch and they look exactly the same, except one is like it has a five o'clock shadow and like there's there's about five MacGuffins and you forget (laughs) about the third one by minute 45 and it got me so angry at, I'm, I guess, I'm more specifically angry at Marvel, but I guess you could apply this to the DC movies, you could apply this to the latest Ghostbusters, you could apply it to the Godzilla movies, whatever. There's what? just such a basic <laughs> fundamental coherence to the emotional stakes, to the romance, to the action in Top Gun. And listen, I know the three of us often sound like crotchety old men shaking our fist at the clouds when we complain about the state of blockbuster filmmaking these days, and there's a thread of elitism, I feel like, sometimes when we say they really don't make them like they used to, but God fucking damn it, it's so fucking easy to do some of these things. The, the story the thing, stuff, for sure. The like, about, it's so fucking simple, and yeah. they, they've totally forgotten how to do this shit. You the, know? I was going to say, the thing about Top Gun is that it's it's one of the first like modern movies 
it, it's it's made in a modern way, but it's made with those old sensibilities. Oh, let's make no mistake. It is a cliched as fuck cheesy movie. That's all I'm asking but for, yes. though. I think <laughs> but, that's what I'm saying. It's, like, it's like perfect. They, they play Danger Zone at the very beginning yes. of the movie with like a. It, here's the thing. Kind of looks like a Tony Scott film in totally. that opening, like a lot. Well, so, it looks like the original movie. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah well, they recreate <laughs> most of the opening. exactly. Yeah, right, right. So it's like you know something like they're they're not afraid to to make the callbacks, and there's a ton of them, which yes. I was actually surprised by because that's that has its own negative connotation. Yeah, but see, there were, and it's also like I didn't give a shit. Yes. Like they recreated <laughs> the title sequence at the beginning where they essentially had the in the same font, the same sort of title card explaining what Top Gun is, and they play Danger Zone, and I'm like. Okay, like if I had never seen the original movie, like I'm I'm not really sentimental about the original movie. I like it fine. I'm not super nostalgic about it. I Me saw neither. it in high school. Yeah. I like it a little more than you do, I think, but it, it really didn't move the nostalgia needle at all. I, I saw this movie with my sister and she had never seen the original and she fucking loved it. Yeah. So yeah, it's the nostalgia was there, but it wasn't like tantamount to the movie it wasn't like the 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 plot or the theme of the movie was the nostalgia bait but i'm still not entirely sure why it works here and why it doesn't work in other movies though because i don't i don't see it fundamentally all that different there's just something i don't know it's because it just gets the other shit right maybe that's it like if you fucking asked louis b mayer in 1935 at, at the height of mgm and the studio cookie cutter era Sir, what makes a good picture? He would have been like, well, you need a romance at the center and you need the two people to have chemistry and you need a hot woman and a hot man and you need friendship and comedy and humor, but you also need stakes. Like, this is fucking basic ass shit that this movie nails. Like, it's not hard. Like, when I am asking for just the most basic 80s cookie cutter nonsense, like... All I'm asking, you can put jokes in your movie. The jokes don't even have to be that good. I just don't need the jokes to completely cut down the entire emotional <laughs> resonance of the film. Like, no, I just don't in need this movie, Thor they work. making fun of how stupid his costume is for two hours. Like, that's what we've become conditioned to accept out of movies now in the 21st century. No emotional stakes, no romance, no chemistry between our two leads, and this sort of hipster, sarcastic, ironic humor... That lessens the emotional impact of the movie. Give me dad jokes for two hours. That's all I'm asking. And it actually got me mad. Like, I shouldn't be this excited walking out of Top Gun Maverick. True, Because the movie, it's such a fucking base hit of a movie. But this is what I've come to expect, you know? Like, Tom Cruise is fucking Orson Welles all of a sudden. What are we doing here? Yeah, I kind of agree. I disagree on one point. What? Even though I think this aspect of the film is competently done it's not bad i wasn't like not enjoying it i was just like shrugging it off every time it came up i find the romance to be totally obligatory whatever oh i see i I didn't feel anything in those scenes not a single thing totally disagree no and you're just responding to the fact that jennifer Connolly's hot and that's okay and that's okay but those scenes are worked for me so hard (laughs) so hard it was perfect adam when he crawls out of the window of her bedroom and the daughter just sees her or sees him crawling out Uh, don't break her heart again just yo, oh, uh, yo, oh, dude! How about at the end of the movie, she's standing outside the hangar and she's just leaning up against the car, and it's like it's fucking Easy Rider shit. Oh, like it's yeah. so good. No. It's so good. 
no. Uh, <laughs> History will not look too kindly also, upon this take, my friend. Also, no, it's a freezing like, cold take. Tom, Cr- Tom Cruise in his like short sleeve little t-shirt working on his plane from that oh, angle. Yeah, that, oh my god, what a hunk! He's so that guy hot. looks better at like fifty nine. I go, than he I, ever did. If you look at the original Mission Impossible movies, he looks worse. He's fifty nine years old. He's fifty now. I I go to see it with Abby, and she we we start we're like like five minutes, not even five minutes into the movie, and the first the first words out of her mouth are, "He still looks good," and I he just still looks sink so into my seat. <laughs> you know what? I almost maybe maybe part of the reason that the actual that Adam. Adam feels like the romance doesn't work, and this could be actually a detriment to the film, is the fact that he's actually hotter than she is. <laughs> She's beautiful, though. I and mean, she, no, looks, she guys, looks absolutely. She looks exceptional. No, absolutely. The, the romance is fucking boring. No, I don't, it's perfect. I don't, give, a, it's, I don't it, give a flying no. fuck. I like the bar scene. The first bar scene. Yeah, actually. it's really good. But it's not just, don't put your phone on the bar when she rings the bell. It's but it's like, not just because of her, though. Like, that entire scene is just filled with life and character, and I was cool with that. But I didn't, I, I, I was pretty tuned out every time they cut back to them. I just didn't give a I shit. I liked how age appropriate was too. Like obviously both of these who are people are you Laura Dern now? What no, is going on? Both no, of these I, people it's like, are it's like it's the same reason or right, keep going. No, it's just they're both obviously two of the most attractive people to ever walk the face of the planet. Like this is Jennifer Connolly. It's not blockbuster news that she's still yeah. attractive. But you know, she still kind of has some wrinkles on her face and Cruz it's like he looks great but you can tell he's lived a little bit of life. Yeah. And so you watch this romance and there's, there's actually some heart to it. It's actually like, Oh, this is a plausible romance that these two people can have considering that they look like Tom Cruise and Jennifer Connelly. That's why I say it's competently done. It's fine. You know, there's not like, you know, a ton of plastic surgery. They're not using de-aging CGI. (laughs) Like that was reassuring too. You know, there's not a 20 year age gap between the two of them. So it feels like there was some history. Like you understand that they're parents and you understand that these are people that are sort of past their prime and are trying to, you know, rekindle this old flame that they once had. This Uh, is all very basic stuff. But, but, that's all I'm saying. Yes. Yeah, compare that to Rachel McAdams and fucking Doctor Strange, who I agree shows up ten minutes in, and you're like, you were in the last movie. I don't even remember <laughs> your character's name, and I'm I, led I, to believe that she is the emotional fulcrum of that film. It makes no fucking sense. Yep. I mean, like you can believe this romance more than you can believe, like you know, Peter Parker and Mary Jane, and they're those two actors are actually dating in real life. Well, I I. Sure, I compare it to the original <laughs> Spider-Man though. Compare the the chemistry that sure. Dunstan McGuire have with the with the Zendaya and Tom Holland. I'm getting a little bit of like I'm very sad at Alec Baldwin's death and Fallout flashbacks right now. It's not that great, guys. It's fucking fine. It's really good. It's so fine. No, it's but really good. It's really good. She's so good at the movie. There's there's she n- should win the Oscar this year. I had She's so fucking. Good. I had no like like compelling moments out of any of that stuff. It was but I'm but I wasn't upset by it. I was like at least they're doing the work. It's just you get like like bees across the board in this category. It's fine. Um, but when it chooses to get really sentimental, like the yes. Val Kilmer scene. Oh, <laughs> God, Val. Wow. Can you, wow. Can you, can, you, can you believe like they fucking got Val Kilmer 
to essentially not say a fucking word. It was unbelievable. I, it was unbelievable. God damn, I love this movie. This is the it best so movie. Amazing. I'm not joking. This might be the best movie of the year. I don't give a shit. It is uh, It is the runaway favorite for me. It's number four on my list. Right You're now, right now. crazy. But There's I, no, there are not three better movies this year than this movie. I'm I, sorry. I, it's so fucking I disagree, good. but it's. But I loved it. I can, but, but here's the thing, Nico. You should be happy about this because I didn't expect to come out of this one saying i loved it that yeah it's a tom cruise vehicle that that you know that again i'm, I'm usually somewhat critical of these types but this is and the it's one a that hell of a vehicle it made me no but this oh, it, we're it, going mock 10 in this yes <laughs> we're going dude mock that but that intro when he goes mock 10 he's breaking the open. rules yeah oh. what an open and he keeps going 10.1 10. 10.2 10. i'm like yeah more. keep yeah. fucking going tom yeah. <laughs> keep going <laughs> And then that scene where he fucking where they're like, oh, this plan is impossible. So we're switching to the old plan. You got the fucking guy from Mad Men in there. Well, we're doing the old plan now. Every John Hamm scene is amazing. Every John Hamm Hamm scene is so good. Every single one. Is John Hamm just going to play FBI agents and captains in the Navy for the rest of his career? That is okay. That is 100% fine. We compare the romance scenes to the John Hamm scenes. I got so excited for the John Hamm scenes. I just love the way he interacts with Maverick throughout the entire thing. It was wonderful. Wonderful. And I got to tell you, all the Miles Teller stuff, it, it plays. The last act of this movie, when they hug on the on the uh, the airplane carrier there in the middle of the ocean, that, like it took dude, a while. It, it took a while for <sighs> me to get on board with it. Admittedly, it plays. What? Yeah, no. I, what I took I, you a while. I thought it was. A, I thought it was a little underdeveloped for a, a portion of it. You but thought by the, so? Yeah, yeah. There's not as much of him as I thought there should have been. But by the time they get to the third act, it started to really fall into place and i really loved it yeah yeah i mean the movie does have the advantage of doing the goose work 40 years ago so like they just they're sort of just building off of the emotional stakes there yeah but you know what though it's perfect yeah it is i mean and i love like the call signs are so obvious (laughs) right right but it's like but who cares like hangman oh well they call him that because he always leaves his Companions out to dry and right. Rooster. Glenn okay, Powell. he's so good in this too. And it's like R- Rooster. Of course, he's like, oh, he's a chicken when it comes to taking these moves. He's very like timid, and but then like by the end, he like proves it comes into his own. Blah blah blah. Mm. That scene at the end where they hug Maverick and Rooster. It's amazing. I mean, god it's damn. And they're like, oh, this plan is impossible. And then Maverick pops in and he makes it fifteen seconds faster than they're supposed to do it. And he fucking does it by himself. It's so good. That I mean, goddamn Adam. By the way, this movie. <laughs> that this movie, action sequence. This is Holy the best shit. fucking movie I've seen in a long time. It's so good. It's so good. God damn it. It's so good. It's very good. And, yes, and, it rocks. It's that. It's it, it it's so fucking all good. kinds of ass. I love it. Yeah. I, I've never been more excited for the next Mission Impossible movie. But, I, I'm all in. Oh, Tom the trailer Cruise. for Mission Impossible oh. playing in front of this. And it's just like it's it's Tom Cruise's town now, man. Yep. No, it, it's Cruisy Wood. But this is the other thing, too. Like, like and I, I've I guess com- Tommy Wood would have made more sense. There. Yeah. <laughs> but but I, I've complained sometimes about certain aspects of the action sequences in the other uh, Mission Impossible movies as much as I like those movies. But like there is actually a lot of attention given to like the personality and the humanity within the cockpits and giving them time to shine, even when like the craziest thing is happening, while also capturing it in the most cohesive and, and beautiful and just pulse pounding way imaginable. Yeah. And I just. I just that the I I was texting you guys about this, but the bliss I felt during that that uh, that moment in the movie where uh, Tom Cruise or Maverick proves he can do the impossible run. That shit was unbelievable. 
Unbelievable. It's just movie star shit, man. Yeah. It's just rocky. It's just like, you yeah. know, and, the impossible and, and, could be possible. And it's so cliche is, and it's great, though. This is definitely a movie that if you haven't seen it in theaters yet, go watch it in theaters. There's yes. something about the loudness, how yes, loud those fucking jet engines are. You feel it. You feel oh, my it. God. Please do not wait until this starts streaming on Peacock. I just don't. Don't it's do so, it to yourself. You owe it to yourself to go see this in a theater. Cruz wanted it that my, way. My favorite, my favorite, like, like they commit to the cliche, but it's so satisfying kind of moment is like, sir, we're picking up an F-14 on the radar. That's impossible unless it's Maverick. <laughs> it oh, my God. Be. <laughs> it can't be. Oh, my it's God. Maverick. It's Jason Bourne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, again, like this is like. You know exactly what's going to happen at the end of the movie within the first five minutes, and it doesn't fucking matter. It kicks ass through and through. That's what they need more of. And but, 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 (sighs) no, you're right. No, I'm, I, guys, I'm, I'm not sweaty. I'm hot and bothered. I'm not, I'm not coming down on the movie whatsoever. And one of the things that this was making me think of was Richard Donner's Superman. Yes. And that, like, yes, like you could, you could pick apart the cliches and how the movie's like silly here and there. And that, like, you know what you're getting the second you walk into it. But there is just such joy in knowing that this movie is going to take care of you. I love that about it. It's just like, oh, man. The, Listen, the love that this movie has for the audience is so infectious. We learned how to make movies a hundred years ago. Yeah. We figured it out. You know, like there were brilliant men that came before and women, but I guess mostly men in those days came together and decided like, this is how you build a three act structure. This is the stuff that you need to put in there. So the four quadrants will accept it. Like, this is how you get the women in. This is how you get the kids in. This is how, you know, and you know, It's evolved over the years. People have pushed the boundaries. It's changed. And there's been, you know, eras of great artistic uh, achievement and and innovation. And that's all well and good. But somewhere along the way, we lost the thread. And I don't know where exactly it was, but we've lost the thread. It doesn't cost Kevin Feige anything (laughs) to just learn a few lessons from this movie. I'm not asking you to include any less you know, uh, characters from the comic books. I'm not asking you to include any less Easter eggs. I'm not asking you to decrease your CGI budget in any way. Just like cast people with chemistry, put an emotional thread that carries you through two and a half hours. Like it's just not fucking hard. I'm asking for the simplest thing in the world. And this movie gets it. And no other blockbuster in the last maybe five to six years understands this. It just, they, nobody gets how to do this. You know, was it the um, the postmodern Joss Whedon of it all? That's kind of what I sort of blame. I think it's around that time. I, yeah, I, I think Avengers changes the way we look at heroes and the way those heroes react well, to the world around them. Yeah, everything it's, became it's ironic. Yeah. I mean, this is such a sincere movie. That's what you know? I know. Yeah, this movie's so about. earnest. Yeah. And there's it's just a little. It's a little unfortunate though, because like you still have you know Doctor Strange is still and barely, mind you, but still you know made more money. Sure. sure. Well, yeah. Barely Top, though. Top Gun's about to pass it out though. I think so. I think yeah. it should. Yeah. Uh, I mean, goddamn. I, I think I can segue us into our our discussion for today though. Oh right. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> because, <laughs> oh, well, oh god, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> oh, okay. Because okay. <laughs> I I also saw another movie yesterday called Jurassic World Dominion. You did. Okay. In oh, theaters, wow. and you and you lived to tell the and, tale. Well, and I will just say, going from Top Gun Maverick to Jurassic World Dominion is the biggest punch in the fucking balls I've ever experienced in my life. Wow. It is. 
if if you're if you're sitting here thinking, do I go see Jurassic World Dominion or do I go see Top Gun Maverick? First off, you're a moron. Second yes. off, go see Top Gun. <laughs> yes. Dr- don't even watch Jurassic World Dominion. It is horrible. It is <laughs> such a piece of shit. Oh no. <laughs> it is such a piece of shit. That's okay. all I want to say. I know you guys haven't seen it yet, but directed not. by uh, don't what's plan his on face? It. Uh, Colin Trevorrow. The, the great okay. let's Colin Trevorrow. Yeah. Let's talk. Oh boy. Okay. Uh, Where to begin, guys? <laughs> Where to begin? I'll give you a timeline of events. Okay. The movie we're talking about today is called The Book of Henry. It's a movie from 2017. It's a movie that we've been circling, or at least I've been circling for a while, to do on this show because it is one of the most confounding movies in the history of Hollywood. <laughs> for good yeah. reason. Yeah. Let's talk about the career of Colin Trevorrow for a second. Okay. Colin Trevorrow began his career doing documentary shorts, bumming around Hollywood at one point was a intern on Saturday Night Live with his old college buddy, Derek Connolly. Derek Connolly writes this script in the late 2000s called Safety Not Guaranteed. Safety Not Guaranteed. Uh, He wrote the script with his fellow college buddy in mind to direct. So that movie in 2012 becomes Colin Trevorrow's directorial debut. It is a movie I watched for the first time this weekend. It I've is seen. not very good. I've seen it, and yes, I can confirm it's not that great. <laughs> it's not very good. It's a very strange, like, indie, sci-fi... I, I won't even call it a mumblecore movie, but it's kind of in that vein. A mm. lot of actors that you would expect to be in a mid-to-low-budget movie like this. Yeah. I'm looking Plaza, at the cast, and it seems pretty perfectly cast. Sure. Aubrey Plaza, uh, Mark Duplass, uh, Jake Johnson is in it. But three people that I really like, by the way, and I, I like their mumblecore work quite a bit. But um, no, I mean, just not a very good movie. No, no. <laughs> and also, like, nothing to write home about from a directorial perspective. Not at all. I found it to be one of the more forgettable experiences I'd had when I saw it. Yeah. No, thank you. He makes that movie in 2012. Yeah, this is... Wow. He then begins... A few years later, circling this script called The Book of Henry. Book of Henry was written by a guy named Greg Hurwitz in 1998. Greg Hurwitz is one of those guys, if you go on his IMDb page and you look at upcoming projects, there's like 12 projects in development. But if you look at his previous credits, there's only one movie. (laughs) So he's one of those guys that has written like 15 screenplays and they've all sold, but they've all been hung up in development somehow. Okay. This was a script he wrote in 1998. Never got off the ground. I wonder why. Until Trevorrow got his hands on it. He then starts pre-production. And somewhere in between, Steven Spielberg hand selects him to do Jurassic World. Hand selects him. Yeah. Based on... I guess his work in Safety Not Guaranteed or... What else could it be? I don't know. I'd like you guys to maybe help me out here. Like, what do you think the logic here is with these studios hiring indie directors off of their first feature? Oh, man. It's it's that they have friends with the right people because that's the only logical thing is that there's some form of, like, nepotism or something – Right. It's it's a buddy doing him a favor because I'm looking at this guy's credits and there is not a single good movie. In fact, we were talking earlier about like those bellwether actors for like if they're in it, it's good. This guy is a bellwether director for like if he's involved, it's garbage. 
It is Unf- a piece of shit that you shouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole. Unfortunately, like, yeah. I mean, was it just the... the f- I mean, he, he came up in an, in an era where this was v- pretty common for, you know, big studios to just take big swings on little indie darlings. And it didn't necessarily have to do with blockbuster filmmakers. I mean, that's precisely what happened with um, uh, Sam Raimi and Fede Alvarez for to do the Evil Dead remake. He yeah. just saw a short film that uh, Fede put on, um, on YouTube, and he's like, Yep, you can make my Evil Dead remake. Sure. And it's a good movie. Uh, and then he does Don't Breathe, but that's like... Was that short a horror short? Technically. So, but it's but it's an action horror. It's like this big, over-elaborate thing with like the 28 Days Later music playing in the background. It's No, listen, I, I can see why you know Sam Raimi does the original Evil Dead and, and it would make sense for a movie like Darkman. You know, yes. like you can see, oh, you're... you know, or even like someone like Ryan Coogler who, you know, did Fruitvale Station... You can see the the sort of the the same underlying thread that runs through Creed. You, and you act, can see the Black jump Panther Lee, and even Black Panther. Yep. Like you can see, this is a guy that clearly understands how to stage action. You know? Yeah, I don't I don't know how he ends up in the Jurassic World camp. It's I have random? no fucking clue. It's got to be random, guys. I don't know. So there's a couple theories, right? <laughs> Number one is that he's just really good in the room. Like sure. he's just like really good when he's sitting down for a meeting. He can articulate to Steven Spielberg why Jurassic Park is such a magical experience, you know, like, so he's just which suck- is something that we could do, but that doesn't mean we could make a Jurassic Park movie. So what, he's just sucking his dick. Maybe it's that. That's it. Um, okay. I, I guess a generous read is like, and I know like Kevin Feige has said in the past, like you hire Chloe Zhao because she's really good at the interpersonal moments and the CGI department will take care of the action. <laughs> So in other words, like we only need you to do the human moments and the machine that is Marvel is so coherent and so competent that like we'll take it from here. You know, just nail the con- connective tissue in between. Um, I think the cynical read, though, is that these are people off of their first features that have no experience in the blockbuster system and they're very easy to control. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, they're just an easy mark. They're just an easy stooge to sort of put in there. Um and I, I think what, that are you saying? Are you saying this guy's here to give Spielberg culpability? I, I think or like he's, d- d- not, like he's I, he's easy to manipulate. That's all you're saying. Yeah, I think so. Pop- I think he's just he's gonna come in under budget. He's not really gonna you know piss off any of the actors. He's not gonna fight too hard for certain edits. It's, he has no vision. That's another important thing. Yeah, I don't, it, I don't see much vision in any of his films. Yeah, it's kind of like a baseball manager that, like, you know, is put in there just to sort of submit the the lineups that the front office wants him to submit. Like, like that's the case with Aaron Boone and the Yankees. He's just there to sort of be the figurehead and do the press conferences, and then the <laughs> analytics department just tells him who to play every day. And it might be something like that. You know, it's just an easy guy so, to control. So he's he's the president to the Paramount Deep State. Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but th- this. But this this doesn't get to the core of the issue, guys. It it, re- it really honestly doesn't. And this is this is just something I'm just going to be as blunt about this. What's wrong with Colin Trevorrow? Like, what's actually wrong with him? Can I finish? Uh, yes. The timeline? Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. When you, when you go over all the movies, you'll see what's wrong with the guy. No, no, no. But <laughs> we'll get there. He's handpicked by Spielberg to do Jurassic World. He does Jurassic World. He puts Book of Henry to the side on the back burner. June 2015, Jurassic World becomes, at the time, the third highest grossing movie of all time. We forget this because Star Wars Episode Seven came out that December and there have been plenty of Marvel movies afterwards that have passed this gross. 
But Jurassic World was a phenomenon in the summer movies, of 2015. Yes. It, but, yes. But like that metric means actually very little to me. Well, now it does. But, today. But I, don't, I don't think we understood how little it actually meant until today, though, because it took a lot. It took like literally the next week. It's it surpassed by this movie for us to understand that. I think at the time, studios and the the public at large sort of underestimated how much juice there was left in that lemon, in the Jurassic Park lemon. <laughs> I think true. they assumed the bloom was off the rose a little bit. Uh, so, you know, it was a big budget movie with a lot of CGI, but there was no expectation of that. And that's one of the reasons why they had Colin but Trevorrow directed. You know? I, I also want to be clear, though, like, I think Jurassic World is a pile of shit. Not a good movie. <laughs> and I, I think I've. Yeah, okay, like, I just want to be clear about that. Like, I, I don't know if people think Jurassic World is a good movie. Yeah, it sold a lot of tickets, but I can tell you that when I was in the theater yesterday for Jurassic World Dominion, and I saw the people, the types of people who were going to see that movie, I realized, ah, okay. These are people who never go to the movie theater unless they hear, oh, that Spielberg thing is coming back. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> Literally, a guy I was sitting next to said, oh, I guess Spielberg didn't direct this one. Is what he said. I heard him say that. <laughs> you need to spend like two seconds on the internet to find that out. <laughs> okay, these are the people we're bringing to the movie theater with this. Mm. These are not people who actually care about movies or like good movies. Yeah, They're just children that are like T Rexes or cool. no. But guys, that most people don't care about movies. This is the, this is why that movie was so popular, and this is the thing I'm just gonna back up on. A lot of people like Jurassic World. Yeah, it's a shit. Lot but it's of fine. It's dog shit. Yeah, it's that's dog objectively shit. It's fine. terrible. Yeah, but, but, it might be his best movie, but it's still yeah, dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you might be right. Yeah, that's the I thing. I don't know, man. I kind of think I like Book of Henry more than Jurassic uh, World. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. Because okay. at least it's not. Because it, it's, it's bold. Not hanging off of Spielberg's coattails. Okay. <laughs> all right. June 2015, Jurassic World, third highest grossing movie of all time. Uh, August 2015, the Disney Corporation announces triumphantly in a press release. <laughs> oh, you love this. Yep. Colin Trevorrow directing episode nine of Star Wars. Episode seven, by the way, had not come out yet. Yep. So episode nine is released. Orion Johnson had already been announced for episode eight. And Colin Trevorrow and his old college buddy, Derek Connolly, begin work on episode nine. The script at the time was titled Duel of the Fates. Colin Trevorrow now has a little bit of time to kill in between. So he says, you know what? I'm going to go back to my passion project. Finally, I've been given my blank check. I did. I made the third highest grossing movie of all time. I can make my little indie about the cancer kid that wants to murder the police chief. <laughs> this is what I want to get to the bottom of. <laughs> book of Henry. We're going back. <laughs> going back to the book. It's, it's uh, funny how you can watch his career crumble. <laughs> it's fascinating. This, I mean, <laughs> honestly, his career is like... A film. It's like a rags to riches film. Sure. Except sure. there's no riches rags. at the end. Rags to riches to rags. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Right. But that's not the whole thing. We're, we're not done yet. We're, we're, we're not, not even close. Not even close. He does the movie. The movie is slated to come out September 2016 as sort of this Oscar push. What? <laughs> the studio pushes it back. <laughs> Bit of a red flag. An Oscars push. <laughs> Bit of a red flag. Gets pushed to June 2017. In the old Jurassic World slot. The movie debuts to not only horrible reviews, 
but a $1.4 million opening weekend. This guy had the third highest opening weekend of all time on his previous movie. Now he's opening to 1.4. <laughs> the movie costs $10 million to make, only grosses $4.5 million worldwide through its yeah. entire run. It's bad. Why this is June 27th. Why wasn't director of Jurassic World plastered all over every ad? I'm sure it was. You think so? Or maybe not. I think they kind of wanted to just release it in January and hope no one noticed. I might yeah. have seen some ads for Safety Not Guaranteed, where it's like director of Safety Not Guaranteed uh, ahead of some of these trailers. <laughs> That's helpful. That sure is helpful. <laughs> By August of 2017, stories start to leak from Disney's side. Screenwriter Jack Thorne was brought in to do rewrites on the Connolly Trevorrow Star Wars script. Two months after Book of Henry is released, you're already getting rumblings about, ah, the script Mm -hmm. isn't really where we want it to be. By September 2017, the pair are fired from the project, (laughs) citing creative differences. That's three months afterwards. Draw from that what you will. I really want Ray to die. And leave her plans to murder Kylo Ren. <laughs> Let Finn take over the project. <laughs> Honestly, that sounds good to me. Uh, it's better than the version we got, hell. to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> I do think this is an important moment, though, at least for the way people like us take in the industry and movies like this in general. Because this is one of those moments where people look at what happened to him and they're like, what's wrong with Disney? What are they doing? Yes. Why are they firing everybody? Fuck. Kathleen Kennedy. I mean, yeah, fuck Kathleen Kennedy, but sure. <laughs> but it is it does sort of spur up an interesting conversation about the way the industry actually operates. It's crazy how toxic this movie was. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy how much of a poison pill. Because again, we talked about this in the past, where directors have been given a blank check and they they kind of bounce the check, and they're still given a second, third, fourth chance. It's very rare that you make one movie. And they take a project like that away from you. Coming off of Jurassic World, which none of us really liked, but was unmistakably a huge, massive hit. Um, but yeah, he gets he gets dumped. And this is around the same time uh, uh, the the solo uh, director team was was thrown off of that project, yep. and um, it, also the same time that uh, Gareth Edwards Gareth Edwards was sort of kept out of the reshoots of that movie. He's not really given a credit in that. So, yeah, um, he gets fired from that by March 2018, you know, as sort of a, a, a way of going back to movie rehab. They announced that Trevor O's going back to Jurassic World. He's going he's going back to the park. He didn't even direct it, though. This one. Well, oh. no, he doesn't do the second one. No, no, no. He doesn't no, direct yeah. the second one. He doesn't, wrote it. Wrote it. He, yeah. d- he doesn't direct this. Produces. One. Right. Have you guys seen that second one? I have not. It's bad. I've seen all of them. They're all bad. Yeah. (sighs) And then he comes back for the third one. And, you know, (laughs) it's supposed to be an exciting moment. Were people excited about that? Was it like Hulk Hogan returning to WrestleMania when they announced that Trevor was coming back to Jurassic World? I think 99.9% of people just said, who the fuck is that? Right. Because yeah. I don't think most people know who this guy is. No. To be honest with you. And like you said, at one point he released the third highest grossing movie of all time. <laughs> sure. But again, that metric doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter. I think they need to get rid of that metric. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I understand why the studios care about how much money they're making, it's but the only really, thing they care about yeah. <laughs> but really, I think we should be looking at butts and seats. Sure. And there should be metrics about rewatches. How many times have people gone back to the theater a oh, second yeah. time? Because that matters. That's you a know? great point. There are no statistics about that. No. It, like, wh- why are we? Why are we keeping track of? Oh, how much money we made? That is, it, it doesn't matter because the movies that make the most money are often the ones nobody talks about five years later. Or, or the, the ones that get the residual checks every time it airs on TNT. Mm-hmm. You know, like that. That's part of it too. Like, are you going to be able to sell this to a streamer at an incredibly high rate? You know, are you going to keep collecting the royalty checks? Like, yeah. And and there needs to be an element of rewatchability or at least competence. You know, like Top Gun Maverick is going to do very well on the Paramount Network. Oh you my know? god! Like it's going to yeah. do very well on yeah. cable. Um. So, yeah, and as you said, Nick, uh, Jurassic World Dominion, Trevor O's return, uh, 30-something percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and uh, $143 million weekend, which really just goes to show you none of this fucking matters. No. Well, it, it, I think it really says, like, any fucking monkey with a typewriter could make a Jurassic World movie, <laughs> I guess and so. it would make money. Yeah. Right. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't indicate anything about how good of a director you are. You are being no. given a, a guaranteed success. Sure. Yeah. So Literally, the title Jurassic World will make a hundred million dollars. Right. Yeah. That's. It's just. That's it. You have Chris Pratt. Like you're. You made money. You're done. Who's Chris so, Pratt? <laughs> what? Who's Chris Pratt? Who's Chris Pratt? <laughs> yeah. It, it, it really does make me like question the entire point of doing this podcast. <laughs> Jesus. Where it's like, you know, you can study the, the career of a guy like Trevorrow and talk about his artistic motivations and what his whole like ethos is. Like you could talk about that stuff and it doesn't really fucking matter because at the end of the day you put, you know, Jeff Goldblum in a movie with Velociraptors and you're going to make a hundred million dollars. You know, well, so, I think that the yeah. one of the larger problems to me is this idea that the studios have these works and they have these directors on retainer that they hire to do the job. That has always been, to me, the big red flag. Yeah. Yeah, Like, where are the people who are passionate about the movie? It's not just a job that they're hired to do. This director is like, I want to be involved in this movie from beginning to end, writing, production, everything. This is my passion project. That's what we need. And the studios are just hiring people, right? I mean, you see with the the Dune movie that David Lynch made, part of the reason in my mind that that movie failed is because it was just a job for him compared to all of the passion projects he's worked on over the years. That's a complicated example, but I guess it kind of leads into why studios actually tend to make these decisions, though. I mean, I think a lot of it just comes down to, like, they just want somebody that they can control, right? But the fascinating thing about it is, like, like... (sighs) A lot of these directors get hired because they don't seem like they're any apparent risk. Like John Watts keeps getting hired for the Spider-Man movies because he has no vision. He's just he will do the job they ask him to do. And fine. Good. We will have our money. But like, shouldn't Trevorrow be more of a risk? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think I think that what happened is after he came off of Jurassic World, I think he must have gotten a little cocky. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Yo, you don't you say. say that. You don't say. And uh, I think after uh, Book of Henry fails, he gets pulled from Star Wars and gets put on Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom as an afterthought. Right. Yes. 
I think he realizes, oh, okay. And I think that is the way that the studio system beats you into submission, to be honest with you. Well, I it's it's not only the studio's fault in this case, guys. I mean, yeah, he's just not a good director. The guy's fucking bad at what he does. Yeah, the instincts are all fucking sure. off. It is, I mean, like the this, classic Costanza of fa- fa- uh, failing upward, you know? Yeah. No, no I'm saying if you want if you want to talk about what's wrong with Trevorrow, he doesn't know how to fucking direct. <laughs> he sucks. If you want to talk about what's wrong with movies today, though, yeah, I think this is one of the a- largest problems. You can also talk about the Star Wars, the most recent Star Wars trilogy. Why did they have 13 different voices making each of those movies independently? You have separate writers writing each movie, separate directors it, it directing each movie. It, it's it, a convoluted, yes. horrible yes. shit mess. Not I mean, like I, I love the way that Marvel does it, where they plan everything out. There's just like a, a, a an anonymous cabal that's just drawing up every story beat of every movie. But there has to be some sort of balance where you can let Ryan Johnson have his vision. You can let J.J. do what he wants, but it at least needs to be other peace with the other movies yeah like they, they, they had to at least have a brainstorming session ahead of time yeah uh yeah i have no doubt that colin trevorrow really likes the jurassic park movies though no me neither I'm sure he's very passionate about it I'm, like you don't get into filmmaking if you don't love movies on some level but, okay. but i mean th- he just doesn't fucking know what he's doing and it's confounding especially when you watch something like book of henry which the stakes are so low. It's yes. a ten million dollar little Naomi Watts thing with the cute kid from Room, and I mean, yeah, you. It shouldn't be this easy to fuck up. Like, you know fuck what I up mean? This bad. It's not just like a simple. Eh, you, did, you you swung and it didn't quite land. Like, no, it is this, what it is. Like, <laughs> if it. No, but this is a swing where you hit the ball and it and it and it kills the manager of the Yankees. Right. It's, yeah. It actually it, it, it hits a five year old kid in the outfield. This is right. really bad. Right. Like I don't know how you do that. Uh, right. And this is what it comes down to. Like, what the hell is the matter with with this guy? What? Why? Why? Why are his instincts pushing him to make? This movie, because I understand when James Wan wants to, well, you know, he makes Aquaman. Sure. And that's a lot of money. It's a big hit. And then, yeah, like Malignant is a crazy fucking movie, but I understand why James Wan, the director of Saw, would want to go on and make something like I that. I can see a part of yes. you in this movie. Exactly. No, at least let see James, the thought process. James yes. Wan, let him do whatever he wants. I don't care because he knows I, how to make a movie. He's competent. I've grown to kind of like malignant. Yeah, no, but I feel like I'm at least awesome. Hold on, learning something about James Wan when I watch that movie. Precisely, you know. I don't know what we're supposed to learn about Colin Trevorrow. Like, I I don't get what that guy's deal is. I really don't get it. He's a moron. (laughs) Why would you? Why would you want to make this movie? I. This is what I'm struggling with. It's like I, I I'm trying to be in the room for this pitch. But I can't do it. Yeah. I, I I'm trying to understand like what attract what about this material is attractive to you? Yeah. What about this makes you think that it's ever gonna get green lit? Yes. It's weird, dude. Like I am it, trying to find the version of the movie. <laughs> Could Steven Spielberg in his prime at the height of Amblin no. Entertainment have made this movie? I was asking no. myself the same. You know what I mean? Could Rob Reiner in the in the mid eighties have made this movie? Is like, there anybody who could make this? Is movie there a work? version yeah. of like you know where this is a sort of dark comedy coming of age story? Like it's for kids, but it's like slightly more mature. Like is there like could the Coens do it or something? Maybe right. they do dark comedy well. Right? Ooh, like could maybe. they do it? <laughs> I but not know. many I, people could. Even I, like I don't think Scorsese could hit like this material. I'm not trying like, to too. figure that out. Like I, I, I couldn't think of the direct. I couldn't think of the take on this movie that would have made sense. Does it have? Does Does Henry have to be 
I mean, he's evil, but does he have to be more like <laughs> overtly evil? Like it's a whole, like it's we dude, need Henry's to. A prick, we need to. Oh my, we'll talk about that. Henry's a fucking prick. But like, does does this fuck need, that kid? Dude. Does <laughs> fuck that kid is right. I I, I want to go on a thirty minute rant about fucking Henry. Anyway, um, but but my point is, does this movie need to be? We need to talk about Henry. Sure. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Well, he's he's doing this weird whimsical thing, Trevorrow. He's doing this weird thing where there's like Rube Goldberg machines and magic tricks, and there's like all this Wes Anderson sort of production design. How and about that piano music at the beginning for the opening? Dude, the score is it's so, so bad. bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. Michael Giancino no. does this score. Who did a lot of the event? He did the I think the original Avengers score, and he's come back for a lot of no, the no, 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 shit. no. He does the 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 Planet of the Apes music, which is very good. Yeah, no, he, he's a he, very good composer he yeah did the theme for the new batman he did the theme for the incredibles man yeah he's great no great this is a horrendous piece of of of, of writing this yes. is a horrendous piece of music making yes it's so fucking bad uh yeah like but he's doing this weird like quirky whimsy hipster thing that he does in safety not guaranteed so like i guess kind of you can see a through line where he thinks this story is adorable and he thinks he's pulling at the heartstrings <laughs> But the plot is demented. It's a <laughs> right. psychotic premise yeah, for a movie with really disturbed characters at the center and horrible shit that happens throughout this entire thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's a take on this script. I don't know. Is, <laughs> Does he, is, is part of it the rewrite that he did? Like, I just don't imagine there's any version of this movie that worked at any stage. Well, and there's also like, like the, the finally the point in the movie... I mean, we'll get to the full plot here, but the point in the movie where it's like, ah, finally the right decision is made is at the end when the mother's like, no, I'm not going to kill my neighbor because you're a child and I'm the mother. It's like, oh, I'm glad you finally came to that conclusion. (laughs) By the way, to come to the conclusion for the wrong reason. Might be the the worst mother in all of movies I've ever seen. Might be the worst mother ever. Yeah. (laughs) But no, like she's and, not that bad during like a lot of times she seems like she's okay. No, she's a negligent idiot mother that plays Gears of War no, for hours. Yeah, I get no, she's it. a negligent and, mother. And, and, and she daydrinks she daydrinks with an alcoholic Sarah's like a really a disturbed alcoholic. Yeah, she's a lazy asshole. She sucks. No, but then she's, there's some scenes she's where terrible. she's telling bedtime stories and she's showing affection, and it's like, okay, like she's yeah. like a normal, affectionate mom. But like, those bedtime stories are horrible. They're just bad stories. Yeah, I'm just, they're, they're but there's no like there's no coherence to her character. We're like, no, I can't right. tell if she's the worst mother ever or fine. You know, <laughs> like it's one of the two. I, I'm going with worst mother ever. Yeah, you're probably right. I think she's the worst mother. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then at, what what really pisses me off the most is where the movie, uh, there are no repercussions for any of this. No. Everything just works out at the end. Okay. You, like the guy she wanted to kill kills yeah, himself. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. She gets okay, away right, scot free. Right, 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 it's right, like, right, fuck all right, you. All right. All right. You need to describe the plot of this movie for the yes, It's a middle finger, though, isn't it? Yes. Yes. We need to. Go, Nick. Please go. All right. So the first 45 minutes to an hour of this movie is about uh, a mother with her son, Henry, and the younger sibling, which I already forgot his name as well. Uh, Jacob Peter. Tremblay. Jacob Tremblay. Yeah. I, I don't I, know the character's name. Yeah, I know Jacob Peter, Tremblay. Yeah, I, Peter the Great. Peter the Great. Peter, I also was the... like, how did you guys trick me into watching a Jacob Tremblay movie? <laughs> <sighs> He's like, so cute. I like Room. I like that him. kid's fucking so cute, dude. Yeah. Room is... Yeah. Kicks ass too. He's that's a good movie. So, uh, it's horrible. That he's really he's really good in the Predator. That's a great film. Uh, oh my God, 
It's gonna uh, suck when he's like seventeen and like on OnlyFans on drugs. I liked it or whatever. Yeah, he, he doesn't suck. He plays a gay fish monster in Luca, so that's also pretty cool. He's he, good in that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's just so adorable. That kid, man. I, I do love all the Jacob Tremblay stuff in this movie. Unironically, I don't mind it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just feels like he's in the wrong movie here. When he says to Henry, "Like, where are you going? They're all gonna like you. They're all gonna be want to want to be friends with you." Like. That was one moment, one for like five seconds. I forgot the movie that I was watching. And I'm like, this works. And then he runs no, downstairs. I'll be, and- I'll be honest with you. In the first half of this movie, I was in, actually. I was like crying <laughs> at some parts because I didn't know where it was going. I get- <laughs> Go ahead. Go. Plot. Plot. Please. Plot. So the first 45 minutes of this movie, we're seeing Henry. He's the, the smartest kid in the world. Okay. He's a prick. He's, I just want to know this. This is why you can't. You, it's a fucking impossible to enjoy the first hour of this movie because they're occupied by fucking Henry. God, I hate this character so fucking much. God, Whatever. I just I wanted to fucking kill this kid I, so bad. I, I, I took it as I took it as like some some whimsical nonsense, like uh, like you're watching The Lobster or some shit like that. Right. I was like, whatever. OK. So we have we have this crazy smart kid. It felt like a Wes Anderson. Like we have this crazy smart kid over the top, whatever. But I was I was fine with it. No, uh, he's he he's, a gen- he's a genius at a level like Stewie and Family Guy, where it, it he does runs not the household. compute. No, he not only runs the household. He is apparently the best stock trader on the planet because yes. he has amassed yeah. a six hundred and fifty thousand dollar nest egg for his mom just by right. trading on the market every day. He apparently has gone to medical school or has read enough like medical textbooks to understand like the different forms of brain cancer shit that yeah. like adults go to, to university for eight years to understand. Like he knows the intricacies of like the brain and how tumors work. This is how smart yeah, he is. Hold on. But, but, but this was just like, I guess we'll get to the ending of the movie. But this kid is so smart that. When he's laying out a certain plan that we're going to talk about, yeah. he can predict <laughs> the fact that his mom is going to accidentally turn left when she should have turned right. And he has to right. remind her, even though he's fucking dead. Yeah. And that's a moment that like <laughs> felt like it was supposed to be funny, but it just isn't. It's, it's just one of the annoying. most re- remarkably stupid things I've ever seen. Yeah, it- I mean, it's a level of genius to call him a, a savant. I mean, is is he's eleven? No, he's the smartest person who has ever lived. As right. far probably as probably ever lived, right? Yes, right. Ever lived. It's a superpower, actually. Yes. Right. And look, I I can accept that early on personally. <laughs> I understand you guys like obviously hate that, but I had no idea what kind of movie I was in for. So I was like, okay, we got a smart kid. Whatever, I can deal with that. Let's see where this movie goes. Nick, it and is then, so dumb. It, I can't I can't even put into words well, how fucking dumb it is. It's just I. I he, he I, gives I, like and, and he gives like speeches. There's like a, a, an assignment at the beginning, the, the opening of the movie. They're in the sixth grade or whatever, and they wrote essays about what they want to be when they grow up and their legacy. And he's just up there like a fucking buzzkill, <laughs> just just being like, "Oh, what is a legacy anyway? One day you're gonna die. It will be in the ground, and no one will remember us. And it's all about you know." You fucking shut up, Henry. Well, you've given that speech before. I know you have. I have, but I'm a <laughs> depressed 26 year old with a podcast. Okay, like it's not fucking. An 11 year old The kid before him Is like Yeah and I grow up I'm gonna be a postman And it's like it, just, Dude shut up dude what, The second he said Oh you're gonna realize That a dodgeball Is not actually An Olympic sport I was out of the movie Right there I'm just like I am not in on this Fucking kid <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god No Yeah no, and that's no, all no. fine It yeah. really is Sure 
you know, at this point, it's a it's a sensibility thing. I think you guys are no, rightfully so, Nick, rightfully Nick, so no, against Nick. it. Do not sell this short, Nick. This is horrible shit. Yes, this is horrible shit. This is one of it's the worst bad, movies. But again, no, this, it, it didn't it didn't bother me until I saw where the movie I was go going. On record, this is one of the worst movies we've ever done on this it's podcast. A, definitively. Bad. Definitively, like it's a yeah. wow bad, like that I can't describe. Kind of bad. I don't know. There's something about it to me that, like, I like it better than the Jurassic World movies. I like that it is a swing, I guess. What's but the- again, once he dies, and I see what the fucking point of the movie is, I'm like, is this really what we're doing? What is the point of yeah, the I movie? Guess that is a broader question. Continue with the plot, please. We have to get out of the first two minutes. I'm trying to. <laughs> it's difficult. See, it's kind of tough. I'm trying to. <laughs> so as the movie goes on, he ends up in the hospital. Turns out he has brain cancer, and he has literally like days <laughs> left to live. <laughs> Ali McGraw, McGraw is haunting him. By the way, I love it. I love it. I'm so happy. So we have the smartest uh, kid in the world. Uh, and he literally runs the household for his mom who's playing video games all day. Like without him, she literally can't function. Yeah, and it's he's like about it's, to, it's, he's it's about sitcom. Die. It's sitcom level role reversal shit. Like it's something you would expect out of Full House. It's like, uh, like Danny Young Sheldon. Is, it's like Young Sheldon. But like, yeah, but to the extreme, like it's clearly played for a laugh track. Naomi yeah. Watts sitting there playing video games and the eleven-year-old kid playing, paying the bills. Like it's meant to be absurd. Yes. Like it's like SNL sketch level absurdism. It's not rooted yeah. in any sort of reality. And the other issue here is that yet again the comedy just falls flat. It's just not funny. Like it's meant. You can tell it's trying to be funny. It's not funny. Yes. Uh. So uh, he has like a crush on his neighbor, this girl who. Oh, here we go. Uh. <laughs> Lives with her stepdad, who is... The movie uh, is bad enough until we get to this part. Yeah, and then, so this is... God, I hate how dark it goes, too. It's just not, like, palatable. It is not palatable in any fucking way. Her stepdad is um, Hank from Breaking Bad. Yes. Uh, In this, he plays, like, the chief of police for the town, and he's literally molesting his stepdaughter. Yes. (laughs) Uh, I don't know how else to put it. We get some rear window shit here. We get some rear window shit where um, Henry is just like looking through his window and he sees like the neighbor and he sees the stepdad and then they leave the rest to imagination essentially. But uh, you just see Henry's reaction to it. It's heavily implied that she's being molested on the daily. But they never say it. They just sort of imply it. Right. And Henry later sees other forms of domestic abuse or domestic violence or whatever. And uh it, it is brought to his, you know, he, he keeps bringing up like, well, we can't just do nothing. We have to we have to stand up against this domestic violence. So I guess the message of the movie is that, like, silence is makes you complicit or something. But I, I don't see I don't fucking know, man. I No, I think I think the message of the movie is that abuse is bad. Oh, that's what it comes down to guys. Right. But like, you know, the, the forms of abuse. I'm not saying these things don't happen, but the forms of abuse that we see in this movie are so heavy handed. So unambiguously and, evil. Not to and, say that molestation isn't already unambiguously evil, but like Dean Norris in this movie is not a character. Like he's right. a monster in a it's horror. It's like unrealistic. Movie. Neither is the little girl. And by that the way. was the thing that I found just to be like really. If we're talking about up. the movie being offensive and like yeah. immoral. The way that they use this girl as a prop is so fucking bad. Yeah. Well, she and also like, you see like speaking the... lines in the entire movie. Right. Yes. 
And she's just sort of detached and kind of, you know, staring out into the clouds. And it, Adam is now mimicking her uh, her acting right now. And it's 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 really like she's just not a character. No, she's not a character. E- no. Even the other domestic abuse we see at like the grocery store. It's like so over the top of what anyone would ever actually see in public. Mm-hmm. Right. So unambiguous, like you said, unambiguously evil. It yeah. just it it loses. It doesn't feel real. So you can't. The whole movie doesn't feel real, so any message that it's trying to say just doesn't feel like it applies to real life. Yeah, I, I, not to <laughs> linger, like, on, not to linger on the point too much, but I, I mean, just the, the way movie they, certainly does. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the way that they portray that character, I, I just find to be in horrible taste. And yeah, uh, yeah, the one line she gets is when she's talking to Naomi Watts, and she goes, uh, "Oh, your your father is lucky to have you," and she goes, "Step father." And that's really the entirety of her character arc. Like, yeah. you don't get to see her trauma. You don't get to see her pain. You you don't really get that moment of catharsis at the end of the movie when she's saved. There's no real sense of relief or triumph. Mm. She's just sort of this victim, this this tool that's being used in the movie to sort of force empathy out of the audience. And it doesn't fucking work. It's really bad. It's uncomfortable. Too. It's, it's uncomfortable. That's the it's really thing. uncomfortable. I'm not easily offended by movies. Right. <laughs> uh, it says something when a movie uses a character this way, and I am thoroughly bothered by the way they approached it. Yeah. Uh, so this yeah. is the side of the movie that I really despised, right? Like, you guys were like, really hate Henry. Henry didn't bother me. This bothered me. <laughs> oh, wow. No, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Henry did not really rub me the wrong way so much. Uh, but, like, the way this movie handles this I found to be. How about when Henry walks into the principal's office? He storms out of class. Oh my god! And he goes, "God damn it, Janice! When are you gonna do something about this?" Molestation? I don't know. It's kind of. I mean, well, yeah, obviously. But the movie, the, the way Henry acts, though, and the way it, it is like so ridiculous and it role plays reversal. It so it, it's not, straight. It does. It plays it, it so goddamn straight. She's like that's principal Janice that's to you, exactly young man. Exactly. Who talks this way? <laughs> I would literally be like, get the fuck out of my office, kiddo. And by the way, we're meant to believe that Henry has exhausted all options. At one point in the movie, he literally says there are no other options. That's bullshit. He calls That's Child Protective Services one time, and apparently like the head of Child Protective Services is Hank from Breaking Bad's brother. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's it, you know. If you become like, police chief and your brother is the head of Child Protective Services, that's, I guess... He's like, just, are you serious? And the principal's like, oh, we can't just make empty accusations without proof. How about get a video camera and start filming them? Just film the window. Film the thing happening. Well, technically, also, she, she goes back on what she says, because by the yeah, end of the how movie, is the she does solved? make an empty accusation. She an empty right, accusation exactly. proof, <laughs> and the problem gets it. solved. I could just see it in the performance. <laughs> She was talking to me through dance. <laughs> God damn it. Fuck this. So that's what the Henry- only option is. The principal of the school says something. It's crazy. So Henry now on his deathbed begins to write up a plan, a little red book in the book of full of step by step instructions for his mother to carry out the murder of their neighbor <laughs> in order to save this girl. Right. And he writes through this the step by step instructions and leaves behind like a, a a convenient cassette for her to listen to for narration for the film, uh, and literally goes through all the steps of like like you said. Here's why you have to do this. Here's why other options won't work. Uh, I know you're gonna need time to think about it. 
and then just step by step, here's what you do, everything from beginning to end. And she follows it pretty much without question, right? The mother kind of just... Well, at first she's like, "Eh, we're not... Because Jacob Tremblay finds the book. Henry on his deathbed requests that Jacob Tremblay tell his mother to read the book. And he ends up skimming through it first. He said, yeah, I don't want you to read it, just mom. Right, but he he breaks the rule and he goes downstairs (laughs) and he hands the book to his mom and he goes... Uh, mom, Henry wants us to kill Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> Belly laugh. <laughs> At which point Naomi Watts is like, we're not fucking going to kill the police chief. And then she reflects on it for to about- buy a gun. Well, uh, she, seven- she, no, she goes through the same process. Yeah. And you imagine that this montage is going to be like 10 minutes long of like exhausting. All- because again, if you're going to get Naomi, Naomi Watts to the point where he, she wants to murder the police chief, you got to make sure like, you know. You've exhausted plan A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. And as far as I can tell, it's like plan A, plan B, and that's it. Like, it's a very short montage that she goes through. Like, she calls Child Protective Services. They don't do anything. She calls the police. They don't do anything. And then she looks outside the window, sees that the molestation with her own eyes, and she's like, I think the words that she used, I'm going to rake those leaves Mm. because that's a callback at the beginning of the movie. Hank for Breaking Uh, Bad says, God, so stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Could you get your leaves off of my lawn? Your leaves keep blowing into my lawn. And so, yeah. Yeah. And she also, she doesn't just like, oh, I'm going to kill him. It's like, I'm going to buy like a fucking sniper rifle or something. Yes. Yes. And shoot him from like, you know, a hundred yards away, whatever, from a secret bunker in the woods. Yeah. So it's, it's very complicated. She goes through the plan, but the plan, can we talk about the plan? Cause this is a guy who in his spare time was making complicated Rube Goldberg machines in his super treehouse, who was, you know, doing this trick with, with soap flakes and plungers. And like, he's really good at building things and it, we're led to believe he is the smartest man on the planet and could probably devise the perfect murder if he wanted to. Yep. What is this plan? This plan is like go to a store, buy a gun, shoot the guy. Yes, That's right. the plan. Yeah, right, basically. Right. Yeah. And they go through this whole thing of like the go only- to the ATM, withdraw five hundred dollars, go to the next ATM, take a right, not a left. <laughs> the only <laughs> the only the smart part of the plan <laughs> is that like he finds a gun dealer who sells guns illegally to some fucking gang leader. And sure. she pretends that she's part of that gang or something somehow. Right. That That's yeah. the only it's just, <laughs> oh, yeah, don't don't buy a gun. They can trace back to you. OK. How does he know what the guy's talking about when he says uh, I'll have a talk with Dominic, though? Like that doesn't I don't I don't well, know. He, witness, he witnesses another guy buy a gun <laughs> illegally. But I still think that could be any number of things. He doesn't actually witness the purchase of the gun. Yeah, he, he, well, again, this is a super genius that can ah, be mine. So that's right. Yeah, I guess what am I he talking about? I don't know, Adam. By that point in the movie, I don't think I, I was. I guess you don't care. I just thought the purchase of the <laughs> I don't gun think was... by that part in the movie, I was questioning how Henry did anything he did. I see. <laughs> I just thought the purchase of the gun was absolutely ridiculous. But Yeah, so, you know, uh, the, the, the next 45 minutes of the movie is Naomi Watts going through this plan. And again, again the plan is purchase the sniper rifle, get good at shooting the sniper rifle, lure Hang for Breaking Bad into the woods. Shoot Breaking Bad, shoot Hank for Breaking Bad in the head. But then, but then he doesn't, doesn't she have to dump his body too? that? Well, they didn't really get to that part. Well, I know that, but how, what's the plan for moving a, I don't know, 300 to 400 pound man or something? That's what I mean. Like, like 
If the police chief shows up dead in the woods, aren't you going to assume that the shots came from the magic tree house in the middle of the woods? It's a good spot. That's where you I know? do. That's where I do it. When you fucking assume, <laughs> right? I, I I really do think that you know we talk about like how if the plan is going to work, don't tell the audience the plan. If the plan's not going to work, tell the audience the plan. The sure. plan clearly wasn't going to work. So why didn't they tell us more? You forgot this. If the plan is lame as balls, <laughs> don't tell the audience the plan. Either. Oh yeah. It's a lame-ass plan. We forgot about that whole thing. No, but you know what it is the second she gets the gun. Yeah. Well, like, where's, like, the vat of acid from Breaking Bad? That's true. Yeah, no, but I was ready for, like, you know, you're going to lure Hank into a car chase, and he's going to crash and fall off the bridge, and, like, the, the, you know, he won't be able to survive And and it'll be on a a Tuesday at 10 a.m., precisely when the garbage trucks are coming beneath the bridge to catch his body. Right, that's what you expect out of this kid. You expect a mousetrap level plan. That's And it's just not. It's just gun to the head, boom, he's dead. Right. Yeah. Sure. Uh, (laughs) It's it's pretty it's pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, But uh, what happens at the end there, Nick, when when this plan uh, comes to fruition? Well, she decides, you know what? I'm the mom. And so I'm not going to shoot our neighbor. Uh, She accidentally sneezes or whatever and like sets off the room. She trips a little bit. She wasn't a sneeze, Nico. But he finds her in the woods with the sniper in her hand. And he goes, "Uh, what's going on here? She goes, uh. (laughs) And she goes, <laughs> and she goes, I know you're raping your stepdaughter. And he goes, uh, well, I'm a cop. And she goes, fuck you. And then he goes home and kills himself. <laughs> right? I mean, isn't that, did I nail That's it? what happens. <laughs> yeah. You got it. That, that's it. You got it. That's the I don't movie. think I really missed it. And then uh, the stepdaughter, uh, Again, here's another, like, semblance of just, like, absolute disrespect for the actual, like, trauma. Yeah. She doesn't feel any sorrow at all. I like, and, and to be honest with you, I'm pretty sure that even when you're being abused by a, a parent or something like that, there is still a part of you that is like, that is my parent, they raised me, and there are these very complicated feelings. No complicated feelings here. She's just like cool thanks lady can you adopt me now and we're just gonna live happily ever after like i never experienced any trauma uh now that i live in the house next door to where i was abused for my whole life and where my no big deal shot himself in the head yeah yep. right yep. no trauma at all just happily ever after yep i don't know man um yeah this movie is like <laughs> deeply offensive on many levels yeah <sighs> For sure. But we forgot part of the plan is that uh, Naomi Watts tricks Dean Norris into signing a permission slip and she uses that signature to forge his will. Oh, yeah, oh, sure. that's right. So that yeah. in the will, it's like it, the, uh, the girl is going to live with me now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that was part of his uh, elaborate. Also, that might be a little suspicious, though. Like you change your will a week before you're shot in the head. That's true. Next also, to the like, tree house. That's like, true. <laughs> Can you just like change your own will? Don't you need like a lawyer present or something? Like that's I, a good point. I don't know, dude. You, well, you probably do. I feel uh, like Henry you need probably a notary. Has a le- Henry yeah. probably already passed the bar. You know? I was gonna say we forgot to mention that Henry. Well, I feel like you need out, a notary so to think about it. Yeah, like right. a, I think you need a notary like there in person or something. Would not be surprised if Henry had a legal degree. 
Uh, or every degree. He has every single degree known to man. Uh, there's also at that moment, by the way, like a talent show. Naomi Watts leaves the talent show to go commit this crime. I wanted to talk about this because I think it's the perfect encapsulation of everything that's wrong with this movie. Let's. Just rolled into one scene. Yeah. Because you go from um, r- like little kid trying to rap to dramatic <laughs> car chase we're going to go kill someone now, Jason Bourne style. <laughs> cut back to... Uh, um, for the schnizzle. For the sh- <laughs> cut back to... We're, I'm, I'm getting ready to shoot this guy. Ten-year-old oh. girl singing Amazing Grace. Uh, <laughs> Meanwhile, Lee Pace, who plays the doctor in this movie, is just hanging out in the audience. Uh, Seven oh, foot man. tall... Ronan the Destroyer right. or whatever from Guardians of the Galaxy just playing a children's doctor. <laughs> I want to kill this movie. <laughs> and then you have the magic I, trick. I so yeah, Jacob Trevor, I'm going to bring my brother back. Oh and my everyone God. in the audience is like, fuck, what's about to happen? I here? was kind of <laughs> hoping he had, he had dug up his brother's corpse. <laughs> He's going to use him as like a marionette show. Like, could you imagine being in the crowd where everybody's like, wait a minute. <laughs> What's he gonna the do? The dead kid's brother is bringing his kid. <laughs> I also would have been like, "Hey, uh, you lied to us. That's not what the trick was. Because the trick was in reality just he opens a box and a bunch of fucking snow comes flying out or whatever." Yeah, it's the, the that's soap, not your the, brother. The soap flakes <laughs> trick from the, that Henry did at the beginning. And you sold me that you were gonna bring your brother back, right. and all would I you, got was some fucking soap flakes. And you the crowd gets out a on that standing one. ovation. It's not, not like everyone in town knows the inside joke. It's not like they're privy to the trick that, that think, Henry did. I think it's a pretty lame trick. It sucks. It's a pretty terrible. It's a trick. Shitty magic yeah, it's trick. A shit magic trick, bro. He didn't Make win a coin that, did disappear. He? Fuck. <laughs> no, but you know, every parent in the crowd was like. Oof, thank God that was it. <laughs> it's like that shit could have been much more cringe. <laughs> oh, See, it would have been more like Henry if he just made like fucking money come flying out of that chest. Everyone gets paid. Yeah, Ooh. everybody gets $1,000. That's bringing Henry back. There we go. Sure. Why doesn't he try to destroy the stock market if he's so cool about doing good and evil buy GameStop buy GameStop <laughs> buy 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 yeah like why oh, is he such a little incel that kid yeah dude fuck that kid I, so hard I have not hated a character this much in a long time <laughs> oh. he's such a, when the doctor comes in and he like you know the he doctor's just, like he, so you have this thing called a tumor on your brain cut he's the bullshit a, doc <laughs> <laughs> Just tell it to me straight. Yeah, tell it to me straight, Dad. <laughs> As he takes a sip of whiskey. Fuck that kid so hard. Smoking a cigarette. How much time do I got, Doc? And Naomi Watts is bawling, and he's just being like, yeah. you have to listen. These are the stock options. Like, shut up, Henry. I'm not talking about my Roth IRA now with my dead kid. But watching like Jacob Tremblay talking to his brother, knowing his brother is going to die, was like actually pretty heart wrenching. Jacob Tremblay is the only good thing. about That was this like movie. the part Honestly. of the movie where I was like, I almost like found myself about to cry actually watching that kid just yes. like seeing his older brother about to die. That shit broke my heart. Yeah, yeah. that that kid just has it, man. That yeah. kid just has yeah, movie star energy. He's good. He's good. Yeah, he's really good in that scene. Um, Naomi Watts, man, not so much. Goodness, she's really bad in this. Yeah, not like she's given much material to work with, but and also there's a 
a whole supporting cast. Again, Sarah Silverman is in I was going to say, can we talk about the Sarah Silverman of it all? Let's talk about her. So she is, she's an alcoholic. I mean, she is a seriously should be in a program like needs (laughs) to be in detox alcoholic. I disagree. She gets hammered at like nine in the morning coming out of a vendor the night before. No, she just she just works in the food service industry. That is Uh, that's that's just how it is. That's just how it is. When I worked in the food service industry, okay. Yeah. Uh, when I worked in the food service industry without naming any places, I will tell you that after work, we would immediately go to the dive bar next door, slosh back like five just cups of straight whiskey, and they would do cocaine outside. Like, <laughs> that's not a joke. <laughs> and that would be a Friday night. They're going to Saturday Saturday morning work the next day. <laughs> so, to me, <laughs> to me, I think that this is just straight, like, normal food service industry behavior but henry's not okay with it guys that's uh, no because henry's uh a buzzkill he's a buzzkill i can't uh, i can't i know i want to put this sarah silverman's really bad she's not a good influence and naomi watts should not be hanging out with her when she has two kids at home yeah, I know. It definitely, <laughs> I know. She's got that like well, Amy Winehouse boob tattoo. Yeah, I think this really goes weird. back to like Naomi Watts is the worst mother in the world. Like she has yes. six hundred thousand dollars in the stock market, and she's still working as a waitress and getting drunk with her friend and playing Gears of War. Can't play Gears of War for shit, by the way. She I sucks want, at Gears of War. Yeah. One, one of the great movie tropes where she's miming the video game buttons, but the sound effects don't match up with the buttons, and she's kind of just leaning in there, and yeah. Also, I, she doesn't know how to hold a controller or press the button. That was the thing. <laughs> Bad Why not, like, acting? actually have them play the video game? I don't know what's so hard about that. You can just bring a, a TV and your Xbox and hook it up in two seconds and say, okay, play the game for literally five minutes and you'll be good. Right. Yeah, Why like, is it the, so hard to the, direct play this Play the tutorial yes. and then play the game and <laughs> yes. that's it. Right. Why is that so difficult? She's literally... <laughs> Like when you play Gears of War for real, I don't know why this bothered me so much. I just I'm just so sick of this in in, in movies. But you're not like f- flipping the controller over and shit. Like it's the it's simple. You don't just st- when when she was leaning into it, I'm like go to hell. And yeah. Henry, nobody don't does lean that, into it, mom. You know, leaning into it's not going to help anything. Oh my god, nobody does true. that. That's not true. I it have seen a, It's like, it but it's like that. It's that thought that like adults don't play video games, and yes, they do, and they don't look like that. <laughs> I just I don't know. Uh, <sighs> my hot take: I don't mind Sarah Silverman. Okay. I, I well, she's got a weird relationship. Oh, this is another weird fucking scene. Oh yeah, this oh, was... where she kisses Henry on the lips. Yeah, so she like calls yeah. Henry Hank because there's some sort of adversarial relationship. Well, it's because that's the type of man she wants. Right. That's why she's calling him Hank. So Henry, like, because Henry has a tendency to overexplain things in scientific terms. So when he gets Ooh, sick. Here, here, wait a second. Wait a second. Yeah. Is this why he's so obsessed with the abuse? Because he's been abused by Sarah Silverman. No. Maybe that's what dark reading. Maybe that's what it is. I think it's possible. I think he literally explains in scientific terms what his relationship with Sarah Silverman's character is. He literally explains it in scientific fucking terms. Yeah, it's called like the the like the the Freudian Deutschland uh, Pythagoras theorem of whatever. Where 
I don't know. He makes up some fucking term. And I, think, like, I think he's just explaining away his abuse with Sarah Silverman. No, he's explaining why he has a crush on Sarah Silverman, so he treats her poorly. And, you know, Sarah he's Silverman. He's saying we treat each other back. the opposite way of how we actually believe, uh, think of each other. Right. And he's she's like, I it's, think. It's, yeah, she's like, I think you're pretty, and then so she gives him a big smack on the lips. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think there's something really weird. Going I gotta on. give Sarah Silverman credit for having the balls to kiss a young boy full ass on the lips <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for this movie. That it's is a, a ballsy move. That That's is a, a that is a so weird, <laughs> so God. weird. Is that supposed to be a, like a touching, tender moment? But it's also like, the way no she's joke. This could have been this actor's actual first kiss. Like, that's how young this kid is. Definitely. Maybe. I actually don't hate that actor in other things. No, I don't hate him either. He's in It. He's, he's pretty good in It. I like him in Knives Out. Yeah, he's in Knives Yeah, he's, he's like, a fun oh, is he? actor. Okay. Decent yeah, yeah. child actor, this guy. Uh, Jaden Martell is his name. Yeah, he's not terrible. Um, God, this character. Midnight is- Special. He, he was in that movie. He played like the lead in that movie. Yeah, he's, he's not bad. This character, though. It's so annoying. It's like, I, I don't. God, I can't even. It's hard for me to form my words how much I hate this character. But she's <laughs> Louise. Uh, Bobby Moynihan is in it for like two seconds. I thought that was kind of funny. He's like the head of the diner who says, "Hey, oh, yeah. Naomi Watts, you have three million dollars in the bank. Why are you Get here? Get the fuck out of here! Get the fuck out of here!" Yeah. <laughs> uh, what? I had a couple other weird notes. Uh, oh, there was that one. Scene where uh, Naomi Watts decides she wants to just bake cake for every meal because she's traumatized by Henry's death. So she just, you know, has a million pots and pans strewn about the uh, the the kitchen and there's flour all over her face. And she ends up packing Jacob Tremblay a lunch with nothing but sweets. And then he goes to the cafeteria and he's like, anybody want to trade for some fruit? And everyone just hands him their apples and carrots and bananas and shit. And they just take the, the, the sugar. And I'm like, all right, that... Again, is a little moment where I see what this movie should have been, where it's kind of like a decent laugh and there's like a little bit of visual comedy there. And but man, this movie's just so fucking demented; it'll never work. Well, can I ask you? This this is boggling my mind right now, just thinking about everything that happens in this movie because it's sort of aiming to be like this very, you know, I don't know, it, this bold, I guess, challenging swing on on a story you think you know. So it's like, it's trying to be super original, but how is it still like the most cliche bullshit I've ever seen? Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how it manages to be both at the same time. But it definitely is. Right. It manages (laughs) to be insane in its terribleness, but also so trite. Yeah. And I actually think the answer here is, uh, if you look at uh, Trevorrow's directing past movies he's done he is just extremely safe and bland and boring and shitty <laughs> and i think that the story which he did not write must have been just outrageous an outrageous swing so i think that it's just that the source material is so outrageous but he still himself is just such a bad director How that he you- managed to take outrageous source material and make it boring yeah I- so would it have been better if it was by a, a-, a guy who's I, I don't know, a greater visionary and someone who's a little crazier? Guys, I don't know. I don't think it works. It's a movie ev- about a cancer kid whose mom decides to murder her Yes, neighbor. I know. Let's just be, come on, it's fucking crazy. But the, yeah, I, it, this, this, this goes, movie does not work generally at all. I mean, there might be a few people who could have done it, but... <laughs> I don't know. It kind of goes back to the same issue we had with our, our last discussion, Hannibal. 
no. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Right. Yes. I think yeah. that the original, I mean, but the difference here is that also bad direction. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. That, that's the, yeah, that's a good point. You have right? no, no good talent behind it. But, uh, but how do you, but again, even I don't like Hannibal, but even then it's like, oh, we want to make a sequel to Silence of the Lambs. Cool. But like, what, how do you, how do you have faith in this material? I really can't wrap my head around it. Yeah, it, no, it's clearly well, written is, by a hack. This movie. Yes, this is not. This is not the hill that Trevorrow should have died on with his prestige. Uh, but it coming bothers off of Jurassic me. World, like, right? Like, like it really, it really bothers me that anybody would be like, "Yeah, cool, let's make that movie." Well, because here's the thing, Adam. Again, you got to remember he had just come off Jurassic World, and he had the ability to sort of flex his power. Can't for, say he no. Had 50, he had Especially his fifteen a, minutes. A ten million dollar budget? Like you're gonna you're gonna you know say no to Trevorrow's little micro indie? Make a sequel to Safety Not Guaranteed. That would have been better. My my point is that he <laughs> he decided to pursue his passion project when he really should have uh, shut the fuck up. No, but that's why it's such a, a strange cautionary tale with this guy. Yeah, the stakes seemed so low. And it turned out the stakes were higher than he could possibly imagine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, he didn't realize. It was this innocuous little passion project that he did on the side, coming off of Jurassic World when he was untouchable at the top of the world. And it ruined him. It fucking ruined him. But you know, though, it, this guy is such a hack of a director. <laughs> it would have caught up to him eventually. You know yeah, what I mean? That's true. Sure. Like right. even even by the second Jurassic Park movie or the third one here, people would have realized at some point, oh, this guy doesn't actually he doesn't actually make good movies. Like, yeah. sure, maybe he's safe, but that doesn't mean he makes good movies. I don't know where he goes next from here, to be honest with you. No, I, I, don't, I don't think know. you keep making Jurassic World movies. I don't see how many more of these they can milk out. Maybe one or two more. I, this was supposed to be the end of that trilogy, right? Yeah. I got no indication that there's actually an end. Really? Oh no! I mean, here, let me let me just put it this way: like, yeah, the movie ends with everything on fire and dinosaurs released in the world. But how is that different from how the last two ended? It's not. It's not. <laughs> All of the Jurassic World movies so far have ended with everything's on fire, dinosaurs were released, and the then third one by ends the next that movie. <laughs> by the next movie, guess what? They got the dinosaurs locked up again, and guess what? They break out again. Like, it's I don't know what to tell you, man. It's they could they could milk this train uh, forever. Christ. And yeah, I said milk a train. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing, guys? Milk the trains. Oh teeth. god, this movie broke me. I'm rarely this broken by a movie, guys, but this is this is one of the most incredible pieces of shit I've ever seen in my life. It really honestly is. I kind of found it fascinating. It is in a way, yeah. It's, in a, it's, it's so here's the thing: there's a lot of movies we like that we would never recommend to anybody. Like this is kind of a movie that I hate, but I would recommend as a joke. I would recommend no, I th- this. Movie. I think I would recommend people watch this movie. Oh God, no! I, I would. I would only. I would exclusively recommend this movie to people just to punk them. Yeah, or if you're interested in, you know, if you're listening to this podcast because you're interested in like so bad it's good type movies i mean this is it is in the pantheon of movies like that is it so yeah. bad it's good though no it's not it's, good I, I it's not that, good but it's it's so I'll bad it's worth the, talking you, about you watch this thing with a group of 10 people and some drinks like it's it's a fun saturday yes it is yeah yeah no but it, I, I i agree with you there where it's like it, it is one of those fascinating how did this happen kind of movies yeah <sighs> totally okay let's play a game <laughs> 
Nico, I hated this movie so much. I'm just thinking, I'm like, I just need to talk to you now, man. The more I'm thinking about it, I hated this movie so much. I, I think I broke I hate, you. It's been a while. I hated this movie so much. I hated it more than Life Itself. I hated it more than the Annette. Emoji Movie. I would rather watch Don't Look Up before wow. this again. I fucking hated this movie, guys. <laughs> it has been oh, nearly. Whoa. It has been nearly five years since the three of us and Zach went to a movie theater to see the emoji movie with a bunch of six-year-olds uh, yeah it's, it, it took me five years but i think we finally got back i'm like i'm in that like i'm i'm hyperventilating <laughs> thinking about this movie i really fucking despise this movie <laughs> can we um i, I want to really quickly uh just yes. diverge uh i saw the new trailers for nope uh yeah I don't like the new trailers. For I don't nope. either. I feel like they reveal too much. I feel yeah. like I liked it when I didn't know what I was getting into. The UFO thing? Yeah, I don't I, like that they've revealed it's all like aliens and shit. I feel like I, that kind of hurts it. I didn't like the tone. I think that yeah. was what threw me off. I love the first trailer a lot. Yeah. The first uh, trailer was so like vague and it's like, what the hell's going on? And I'm interested. And now I'm kind of like, oh, okay, it's just. I will say this, and, and this is a big problem. Like, and I was like, I don't want. Maybe Jordan Peele can't help himself, but like, I just see the trailer, and I know this is going to be an allegory of Hollywood. Just immediately, right. I just know it's going to be about his journey with Hollywood. Yeah, and it's just like I shouldn't be that tipped off by what the movie's about by the trailer because he's got such a problem with like really hitting you. So if the trailer's like that, I can't imagine what the movie's going to be like. I don't uh, want to criticize the movie because I don't think trailers. No, I are really an accurate reflection of movies. But this is a guy uh, who's like, with you. he's he's probably cutting his own trailers though. You would think. I, and he's, maybe. he's really good at it. He's yeah. really good at it. Yeah. yeah. Um. But like that's marketing. You know what I mean? Like it's the same sure. thing as like a lot of times when you pick up a book at a bookstore, what it tells you the book is about is not often even fucking accurate because their goal is to get you to buy the book, not read the book. Their goal is to get you buy the book. It's different. Sure. So trailers, they're trying to get you in the theater. They don't really care if it actually tells you what the movie's about that's fair yeah. so it's marketing i, I just yeah. think it's bad marketing or i don't know yeah i but another cautionary hollywood story again. i'm in man i'm sorry i don't know like I'll i'm probably, I'll, i'm really i'll probably see it i actually need I'll to watch it, I, I think i need to sit one weekend and just watch jordan peele's filmography because i haven't seen any of his movies oh really really yeah no i haven't i never you haven't I never seen get out yet i didn't get a chance to know that's surprising. Um, That's surprising. I wasn't interested at the time. I'm more interested now knowing that he's made multiple good movies, that it wasn't just like some weird fluke. Like he's... Depends who you ask. I, I happen to I think that Adam doesn't really like us at all. I don't. That's fine, but like he's proven himself. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, but I don't even like I his think writing, unambiguously. But I like unambiguously his though, he's proven himself. No, no he's I, a player. Oh, he's yeah, a absolutely. Player. Abs- I would, about it, I would yeah. never disagree right. with that. It's just he's not for me. But I haven't I haven't really enjoyed his writing since like what he was doing in Key and Peel. I think what he does works very well in that format. But like I really didn't like his work in Candyman. Uh, even though he yeah. didn't that's that's an example of like even though he didn't direct it he, you know you it's his writing through and through and you can see his thumbprint all over that movie mm-hmm. so it's just like eh, yeah i'm not i'm not in in on this guy's shtick yet yet maybe this will prove me otherwise i don't know but i'm open to it I, I i always have to stress i'm very open to it when the trailer for us came out i was like yo this movie looks fucking awesome and it just didn't speak to me at all but yeah, no, I feel that way about some directors yeah. where it's like I'm just not on the wavelength and I want to understand it so bad yeah. and I just can't get there. Mm-hmm. And it is sometimes frustrating because so many people like, yeah. 
Love them. I just, on another note, I'm just scrolling through Facebook here, and I just saw that Jurassic World Dominion is, has become the worst reviewed Jurassic Park film ever. Wow. That's saying something, too. <laughs> and it's like, this is the one where they bring back the whole old cast, too. How, how is that, by the way? Worse than that. It's thing. terrible. Yeah? It's terrible. Do they have anything to do, really? Or Yeah. Okay. But oh, maybe. yeah, they're in most of the movie. Uh, it I'm I find it hard to believe it's better than or worse than that fifth movie. I really didn't like that fifth movie, with the exception of a few interesting visual moments. It sucks. The God. whole movie is just flat, Adam. All right. All right. There's just no. It's just it's just a fucking flat line. The whole goddamn movie. I'll tell you. Even what. like there's like a fucking plane crash. There's like explosions, and it's just boring. Yeah. I hear it's over long too. That was it's so one. long. I'll tell you what. Um, and and talking about over long and short. Um, <laughs> I rewatched Jurassic Park three not so long ago. That's a short movie. Yeah, I don't mind it. Yeah, I don't like it. But <laughs> I don't mind it. Uh, yeah, I mean compared to what we have now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Sure, I've yeah. never been precious about the Jurassic Park movies. To be honest with you, I don't even like the first one. I just don't oh, give a shit. I really just don't it. care. Oh, damn. I don't. Damn. Well, that's different. <laughs> I, I no, it's lo- just not my movie. You just don't like dinosaurs? Not really. All right, okay. I love that first movie. You know something? Even though it's not, it's a it's a flawed movie. I do kind of love that second movie. I do too. Yeah, I, I can I, I can definitely see the magic of it though. Like thinking back to like the eighties and seeing it. Like, yeah, there's see, an element of magic there that especially you don't get with the CGI today. The CGI is better back then. That's totally. what I mean. Well, it's better. No, the T Rex looks better in that version. Is it even CGI back then, or is it like yeah, yeah, practical? It's, yeah. it's, no, it's, it's some of the first examples of CGI ever. Yeah, and it's yeah, bad. it looks better back then for sure. Because like it just it just doesn't work. I have said this countless times on this podcast, but there is a shot at the end of the lost, the last shot of the Lost World where you see that the, the T Rex is in the field, and I always say the CGI there it's so good. If you if I didn't know any better, I would think they're real dinosaurs. Yeah, it looks like a nature documentary. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's crazy, but it's just. It's simple shit. It, it, as you said, Nick, though, it, it is the combination of practical and, and CGI where it's like, yes, the creature looks great, but also they make the earth vibrate. Yes. You know, they put the glass of water there. Like, they push the tree branches over when well, the dinosaur runs through. Like, there are things you can it, do it helps practically make the scene. to enhance that. It helps make the scene more cohesive when the actors are not just fucking acting in front of a green screen, but when yes. they're actually seeing a giant animatronic moving in front of them. The animatronic in the original would break down and start acting weird and scare the actors for real. It was scaring right. the entire crew because they're like, why is this thing? Why is this thing all like coming alive all of a sudden? They're saying, we why don't did we build do. a giant fucking robot T-Rex is what they're saying. They're saying, whose idea was this? Oh, my <laughs> yes. God. Get me out of here. Exactly. Yeah. Also, by the way, um, oh. when you're when you're shooting for like a close up of a dinosaur, th- do the animatronic. They keep making this mistake where they do close ups of a CGI creature. No, just build a fucking robot. Yeah. Build a robot. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. It's the 30 year anniversary this year, right? 1992. Three. Nin- 93. Jurassic 90, Park. Three. Okay. Coming same, up on 30 same, years. Yeah. Same right. year as Schindler's same List. Year Schindler's List. Right. That's. <laughs> wild blows my mind still yeah uh okay um so naomi watts is the move here i think yeah, i guess I so. so right yeah yeah let's go let's go naomi watts what do we think net worth on Watts. a net worth that you carry is approximately 716 billion dollars <laughs> <laughs> okay nice <laughs> And 32 cents. What is the net worth of Naomi Watts? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say 15 million. 
50. Okay. Mm, I'll go a little higher. I'm going 40. Ooh. 40? 40. A lot higher. I would say. Yeah. 40. Uh, Nick, 15 is a good number. No, guys, come on. No, it's Naomi Watts. Come on. Naomi Watts, uh, what has she done lately, I guess, is the question. Gosh, she was carried by King Kong. That's a lot of money. I don't think that's a lot of money. <laughs> so that's an iconic role she's playing there. I had a fair point there. She rode Dougie Jones. <laughs> she did ride Dougie Jones, no question. She's mostly just made to, uh, David Lynch things, right? No, not just David Lynch things, right? She's been in stuff. <laughs> uh, you played Princess Diana once. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Twin Peaks, The Return. Uh, yeah, I'm not seeing a ton of credits. I, I feel like Naomi Watts is somebody who should be more successful than she is. The Impossible, very good movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, she was in uh, Birdman, of course. That's right. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, Birdman. Yeah. She's I'm looking at, at her filmography too. I'm gonna say 20 million for Naomi Watts. Yeah, that's probably. Yeah, that's right. fair. But I almost went the other way. I almost went 10. We'll find out though. I feel good about this though. To be honest with you, I think yeah. you're in a good spot. Okay, the actual net worth of British Australian actress Naomi Watts. $35 million. Wow. Adam, you just won this week's edition of... <laughs> that Australian How dollars are... Drew Carey. Wow. I win again. She must have a young child who is investing her money well. <laughs> a very, very, very smart child. Yeah. <laughs> who you just want to shoot in the head. <laughs> Okay. Um, uh, well, this was fun. This was, <laughs> this was a journey we went on today. I just want to do a month of Adam movies. I just want to see, like, let's just do Deep Blue Sea. Make me feel better, guys. Please. Could we do a month of, like, water movies? <laughs> Waterworld? Leading up Finally? to Avatar The Way of Water. <laughs> oh, my God. Adam. <laughs> when, did that co- when did that come out? That's a Christmas movie, so that might not work. Oh, shit. But I do like a, I do like a wet month. <laughs> I think a wet month might be pretty good. Hold on, and end with showgirls. Comes out December sixteenth. The way of water. Yeah. Uh, damn. No, I think it needs to be summertime though. I think July would be a good time to do it. A wet month has a lot of different meanings though, dude. I don't know. No, I think. But well, let's stick with the moisture. Let's stick with H two O. It's still not helping. It let's still has H2O. still has lots of meanings, water. Nico. I don't know. Water. Month. <laughs> you got to get more specific. Yeah, I think we can go deep blue sea. We can some other water world. Creature water world. And I think we could. I think we conclude with water world. Wow. Yeah. Water world. What is that? Okay. Four hours. Water world. <laughs> Something like Some, that. One of Ten hours. Ones, I guess. What's a good, bad water movie? Water world length. Hold on. Two hours and 56 minutes uh, for Waterworld. That's going to be rough. That's going to be very hard. Uh, okay, water movies. You want water movies? Uh, guys, <laughs> hop on the Discord. Send us your water movies. We got. Wet. We want we, nothing we, but wet. wet. We want it wet. wet. Dripping, baby. Can we do a Jaws <laughs> sequel, Adam? Can we do a Jaws uh, sequel? Ooh, Jaws 3. Sure could. We haven't done Jaws 3D yet. Sure oh, could. wow. We could do Jaws. Deep Blue Sea. Deep Jaws Blue sea. 3. Deep Blue Sea is only, I only want that because it means a lot to me. Mm. Lake Placid was one we talked about a while ago. Yes. All these like shit about monster Atlantic movies. Rim? Oh, God. No. 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 No, no, no asylum movies. Poseidon, uh, the Poseidon Adventure, the original Poseidon Adventure is very good. I, I like that movie. movie. I like that film. 
<laughs> you could do the the remake with Kurt Russell. Yeah. <laughs> wet July. <laughs> I think wet July. Wet July. Pool party July. <laughs> okay. Ooh, any good pool movies? Yo, what if we did a podcast in a pool? <laughs> <laughs> With the computers floating there. What if you were in your here, Nick? We do a fucking pool pod. Yeah, I could do that. Want to do a pool pod? Pool pod. Actually, pool, actually. <laughs> pool pod. Yeah. My parent, my parents' hot tub is active. Oh, hot tub, tub pod. pod. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Do, we do hot tub time machine. No. Yes. Podcast in the hot tub. Then we got to rename the Get pod. Get in the hot tub. We got to rename the pod at that point, though. Getting out of the hot tub. <laughs> the hot tub podcast. Jay Brown in the hot tub. Yes. <laughs> Let your parents know we're coming over. We're doing a hot tub pod <laughs> next week. Dude, yes. beautiful. Dude. Hell yeah. Dude. It's too sexy. It's almost too sexy. I don't think we'll be able to handle it. Hot tub pod. <laughs> hot tub pod. Hot tub pod. If everybody's not wet after a hot tub pod. <laughs> So that might be it. Might be June. So we might start it in late June. Well, we'll record early. We could release it later. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So I'm there we go. Schedule for the hot tub pod. Get ready for <laughs> wet July. It is free. I also think we owe the listeners a Dave draft because yes. we haven't done one in a very long time. Do you want to just come in strong with John? I think we go Tom. Tom. Ooh, Tom. Okay. I think we go Tom. Yep. Thomas. In, in honor of our overlord. Okay. Our future president. <laughs> okay. I think next week Tomcat or I think, uh, Tom Draft. Tom Draft. All right. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's There's do some that good Toms. Hell yeah. <laughs> there is. This is another. Whoever drafts first is kind of the winner. But well, you got you got Brady. I don't know. You got a couple. You got Brady. A lot of Cruz. people fucking hate Brady though. You got to. You got Hanks. Yeah. Yeah. No, but hey, it's Hanks, isn't it? It's Hanks. Tanks. Cruz it's and not Hanks. Cruz? Cruz and Hanks Cruz the number one Hanks. spot is going to be interesting. Yeah, that's true. That's going to be quite a dilemma. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Love you guys. Thank you. Especially Tom Cruise. I love you. Especially. Yeah. Uh, until next, anything else? Nothing, right? Uh, we're, we're doing uh, another Hitchcock pod of yes. Movie Hall of Fame uh, this we, week. Yes, we will be. Uh, Nick and I just got done with a week of daily shows on Two Cents Radio. That was a fun time. We, we had, yep, got some yep. listener participation, and it was a, a really fun week of shows, I would say. Mm. We uh, went a little longer than we usually do, so that that's a sign that we, I think, did a pretty good job. So go listen to... Five episodes of Two Cents, if you if you uh, like that sort of thing. Uh, I'm doing a video about Obi-Wan this week. Oh, no. You were inspired to go back because of Obi-Wan? Yeah. Still haven't made the plunge. Uh, I am about to tear Ewan McGregor a new asshole in this video. And, uh, oh, you can't blame Ewan. You can't blame Ewan. Oh, yeah, you're right. I probably can't. It's but, really not his fault. No. <laughs> I think he's wonderful, and I, I adore seeing him on the screen again. This is going to be, if dislikes were still a thing, it's probably going to be the most disliked video. No, they, there's no more dislikes. Yeah, yeah, I know. But it was, yeah, so you can't even I fucking know. get mad at us anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't wait to read those comments, though. That's I want to bring back bring back the fucking dislikes, man. Oh, yeah, I want them, too. Those are fun. <sighs> you remember the, You remember how great of a moment it was uh, when uh, the Ghostbusters trailer dropped in 2016 and just, like, the surge surrounding how many dislikes that trailer yeah, that got? Yeah, was, like, I felt <laughs> bad about that, though, because that clearly Why? wasn't fueled by, like skepticism towards the quality of the movie it was just like blatant well i think like, it was a few factors Ghostbusters right? are supposed to be boys I, see i think <laughs> like there's a few factors that's, that was, that's definitely you know? part of it but i think there's also a more to the more general 
regular average person i think there's just like pushback against hollywood just releasing these fucking remakes constantly yeah regardless there's a, there was a cynical transparency yeah with it's, that one yeah, it's, it's that not that like there so. were a lot of dislikes for the new spider-man trailer though. no you know what no, I mean? no 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 like, no no there was no but in the same way uh, there as like was this new jurassic world this new jurassic world movie same kind of deal they're bringing back the old cast and it's, uh, and it's like nobody actually wants this you know yeah right. i think people are finally done with this legacy shit yeah, I kind of just wish I was free to hate that Ghostbusters movie, like, plainly, on cinematic right. terms. Right. It, but, it like, that whole thing just sort of got hijacked by idiots. Yeah, that's true. It's like, the problem is not that the Ghostbusters are girls. The problem is that Ghostbusters sucks. That's the problem. <laughs> uh, and I think that, the, well, I mean, if you look at some of the most disliked YouTube videos of all time, they were, like, the YouTube rewinds that YouTube published. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, not totally surprised. Okay. Uh, that's a podcast. I love you so very, very much. Until next time, gentlemen, you've been so very, very naughty. Ooh.